1: Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, of course, is Jeremy Feinstone, contributor to the Fight Game Media Network. This is part two of our two day Wrestle Kingdom Week preview. Today, we are going hardcore on the big event itself. And of course, there's some other news to talk about. But mostly today, we are focusing on what's going on in the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, the biggest show of the year my favorite day of the year can't wait for it we're very excited we have a very special guest which we talked about before and uh we're gonna bring him on in just a moment but jeremy part two of our preview and uh how are are you feeling going into this another day closer even a little bit more new japan news so every day is exciting i feel pretty good
2: uh the irony's not lost on me that we're having two nights of Wrestle Kingdom preview for the one night that there's only one <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom this year. Uh, go figure. I guess we just can't get enough of it. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you for joining us if you are checking out speak of Strong Style. Uh, I'm Jeremy Fivestone, This is Stephen Conway. We are covering New Japan Pro Wrestling. We are part of the Fight Game Media Network. If you enjoy what you're watching here today, and I think you will, hit that like button, subscribe, tell your friends, Email us at speakingastrongstyle at gmail.com. Let us know where we should put this podcast out in the world so that more people hear about it. Uh, we feel like we have good content. We have a great guest today with Chris Sampson, which yes. we're about to bring on today, and we're just going to dive deep, 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 deep into New Japan for the past year, talk about Wrestle Kingdom, talk about some of the stuff that Chris Sampson does in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's been making the rounds, and he has graciously decided to spend some time with us today so we're gonna bring
1: him on all right so let's bring on chris chris thank you so much for joining us once again uh on wrestle kingdom week
3: hello happy wrestle kingdom week everybody <laughs> it's the hello, most wonderful hello. time of the year it well i don't know i'm a g1 guy myself but well g1's pretty it's, great too. it's nice to have two greatest times of the year you it all is, have
2: huh? to remember wrestle kingdom is also steven's birthday oh <laughs> for him
3: Oh it's the most that's, wonderful that's time tremendous.
1: of the year. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. And uh, it also I mean for me the, the one of the reasons I mean I love G1 too. We had you on not too long ago for uh, a G one type of uh, show and but for me the you know, Dream Queendom now there's uh New Year, uh Noah New Year has to do with New Japan. There's it's a pretty new Japan centric show. Uh there's just all kinds of uh, peripheral events and I'm excited about too. So there's a lot going on.
3: So, there is from, there's so much going on. Um <sighs> Luckily, lucky me, no one's asked me to cover anything besides New Japan this week. So, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm you're just living in that you're, lane. You're yeah, the, uh,
2: you're the we- you're the Western world representative for all of new Japan. And uh, honestly, you're you're a great ambassador at it and spread the word and the data and the information that you share frankly speaking, is unparalleled for anybody in any other promotion. So mm. I tip my cap to you uh, publicly because, man, what you do is a service to all of pro wrestling.
3: Well, thank you. I uh, My whole approach is just to make pro wrestling and this particular set of pro wrestling more approachable. I yeah. feel like, you know, numbers and statistics and data, it's all really relatable. So that's kind of the, the avenue. But then I get to talk to people like you and uh, kind of... Bring it all together verbally too, which is great. I love it. I love these weeks where I get to do the runaround. I like to call it the car wash. So, yes. you know, this is just one of the one of the stops along the way that I love to make and I'm, I'm glad we, uh, we carved out the time to do it on a, a Friday afternoon after my plumbers left. Cause I'm getting a bathroom remodeled on the opposite side of this wall. And oh. he was, uh, I was like, you gotta, you gotta go, you get time." <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's a chatty guy, but, um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad it all panned out almost exactly, almost like I planned it.
1: Uh, well, Everything that's always like a project.
3: Sometimes. It, it's a project. We got, yeah, we got some it. projects around this house right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. We did a bunch on ours, uh, during the pandemic too. We did all the pandemic remodeling. So there's, I, there I can go. relate to all that. There you go. So, Looking at this week, now we've had news. I was telling Jeremy yesterday that for a change, I was very glad that a piece of news came out the day after we recorded. And that was the news that Hiroshi Tanahashi is now the president of New Japan. And the reason I was grateful for the few days is because I wanted some time to digest it all. And it's been about a week since the announcement. Tanahashi has given a brief little message in a press conference that uh, – was diplomatic. Didn't say a whole lot, but he's not going to, is he? I mean, you know, it's a little early for all that. He'd just been uh, promoted. Uh, basically, said that well, we're here to sell out the Tokyo Dome. I, like I mentioned, that's probably the goal every year, isn't it? Just to go and sell out to sell a lot of tickets. But uh, just from your perspective on this, Chris, I would love to hear what you thought. Did it did it come out of left field for you? And what were your initial impressions uh, of uh, the idea that the Ace, uh, a wrestling guy has for the first time in Bushy Rhodes ownership of the company been put in charge. We haven't, we've had wrestlers in the past, but not during the Bushy Road era. And uh, this is a departure. And one that's most people seem to be very excited about.
3: Yeah. I mean, what's not to be excited about someone who we are all familiar with and, and who is just almost universally beloved in pro wrestling. Like what's not to be excited about putting him into a position where he's, if nothing else, an ambassador officially, um, a decision maker officially. Right. I mean, I'm sure that there will be, um, I'm sure he'll have some resources and some growing pains and he, you know, he referenced that already. And I think that the, the structure of leadership in new Japan is, is there to support him. Um, but I think if nothing else, it's a public relations win, uh, at a time when, I mean, it's pretty likely that New Japan needed that um, and and not that they were circling the drain or anything. I mean, I, I think business is healthy. I think the product is healthy. I think the trajectory is good. Um, but, you know, he wanted to do it. It's been his it's been his goal. He's been he's said that before and it was time and, and and you know you can read between the lines or if you read uh, you know probably you guys read the observer today or at least the clips from the observer today right like sure a, a lot of that's there there's always some weight behind those things that end up sneaking their way out right so if we're talking about okada and you know being serious about maybe leaving like there's probably something to that is it as was it as heavy as as it's maybe been made out to be i, I don't know right like no one yeah. no one really knows that was he talking to barry Boom? is he still talking to barry Boom? no like no one can get a clear answer on some of that and they're not going to that's not how new japan or japanese pro wrestlers in general work mm-hmm. um so you know with all that said like did that influence this decision happening probably right like if nothing else i look at tanahashi as a guy who can guide um you know have a wrestler's mindset for what new japan is and that i think is is one of the most important things because the perception of you know going and working in new japan even from you know westerners or brian danielson or whoever's going over john moxley those guys still love to do that and they want to keep that reputation and keep that ability to recruit in that way and I think having a guy like Tanahashi in a in a space where he at least has the perception of some power, I think that that's that's only can only be a positive.
1: Yeah, and the, I agree with you. I think that it's it is telling that for the first time Bushy Road put a wrestling guy in charge. It, it tells me that they felt strongly that there was a disconnect between sure. the locker room and the company, and they needed to bridge that gap. But we had, They had reached a point where it was time to bridge the gap. And the thing that I mentioned here, uh, Chris, it was the first thing that came to my mind is maybe Tanahashi can be the guy that goes to the office and just says, hey, you know, can we spread out the schedule a little bit? Maybe not 13 shows in 20 days, you know, for the World Tag League, because when El Fantasma was on our show, he was talking about how beat up he was maybe something along the lines of a like you said the wrestler's voice not only to the fans and as an ambassador to them and he is going to be doing that he said that he would be doing meet and greets and some things like that in in various towns and and uh, meeting the fans in person and trying to get a little of that personal connection and that he's so good at but more than that just be able to go into the office just guys this is the style we work this is what we go through. And we need some days off. We need maybe to spread this out a little bit. Maybe there are things he can tell them that would that would help. Uh, over and over again, also we've mentioned, they've mentioned, you know, title matches in towns that don't normally get them. We heard it with yep. a title and then it didn't happen. And then we've, those title matches have basically been in the same cities they're always in, to the point that those cities probably aren't that excited about title matches. And then these towns that aren't getting, he said it again, maybe he can be the one that actually does something about that and maybe get some new main events rather than, you know, six-man multi-matches on top in these towns that could use a little bit of juice. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy that can tell them this is what's going to help, not uh, a guy looking at a spreadsheet.
3: Yeah. I don't I don't foresee him influencing the booking any more than he already was. I mean, you got to believe a guy like Hiroshi Tanahashi has a voice in the room, right? Like, sure. But... I think the the great thing that you brought up is just the general layout of the schedule. I think that that's something that he can, he, he very well may influence. And we may not see that for a year or two because yeah. um, the way booking buildings in Japan works is they're, they're, like all the Corkin dates for new japan are booked already for 2024 yeah, yeah. um and that's how yeah most of the- you have to in that it's like that's the cup you
2: you announced the cup yeah. information and it was like it's locked in it's not like they can suddenly pivot exactly all but all that.
3: exactly so i think that that's helpful but i think a lot of the stuff he's talking about really um i had some conversations with some people on the sort of sort of business side of pro wrestling and they were asking like is, is Hiroshi Tanahashi capable of this role for New Japan? And my answer is, in all likelihood, yeah, because, A, I mean, he's so involved and so there and so present already. But the other piece of the puzzle is pro wrestling in Japan is not as dynamic of a business as um, pro wrestling in America, right? There's not as many arms. There's not – it's it's really sell tickets, right? Yeah, and it's, and so when Tanahashi's talking about putting title matches on in, in smaller cities or selling out the Tokyo Dome, what he's really saying is we want to honor the fans' wishes so that they buy the tickets. Yeah. The rest of it, you know, everything else that comes, New Japan World subscriptions, um, TV, whatever TV they do have there broadcasting, none of that none of that comes even close to sell more tickets and and that's something i heard all throughout the pandemic when i would talk to people and and kind of do kind of health check on the business all all the practices that they put into place through 2020, 2021, and 2022 were all about selling more tickets, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we kept to see those double shots. That's why we saw bigger buildings. So you could just put as many people as you want, no matter how cavernous it sounded, like they just needed to sell tickets. And now we've, we're coming back, right? And, you know, when someone asks me, what can New Japan do to kind of level out the schedule i say go look at 2017 2018 2019 like those were like the healthiest scheduling years and they felt so classic right Mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't know how that affects the booking right you let's say you want to you know gato is booking the new japan cup he's got 11 days to fill he's got to figure out how many guys that tournament needs same with something like a g1 so, if those if the buildings are already booked, maybe we're going to see another year of this like kind of how we've been doing it. Maybe not, I don't know. It's it's going to be a really interesting ride and I'm I'm just really glad that and I I'm way more hopeful that some more wrestlers stick around. Um, yeah. obviously Okada included, but even some other guys too. Just just Bushi Road and New Japan actually making this move. I think, um, I mean, we've heard it from various sources. It's just party in the dojo. Like literally, that's, <laughs> that's what we heard is that the party's at the dojo and like it was a real thing. Like they were, they're excited. They're, the, the morale is high. And I think that that's great going into the biggest show of the year.
1: It is exciting. And I think another aspect of that, just psychologically, is the talent seems to feel like they're going to be listened to. And I get the idea that they didn't feel that way. I'm sure Obari would have a different side of it, and probably Harold May would have a different side of it. But it it was clear that listening to the reaction to Tanahashi's announcement, they felt like they had been treated as – uh, it just mere entry-level employees they weren't treated they weren't they weren't listened to and one of the lines in the clip i saw from the observer was that the interpretation of obari was that he saw okada as the lead star of a touring show like a broadway musical where you just replace heavens have someone else do the lines and sing the songs and things but we all know the wrestling is unique in that way it's it, it doesn't work that way uh, Blue Man Group, Cirque du Soleil, sure. they're anonymous. There's a reason you don't know their names, so they can switch them out anytime they want to, and nobody has to get paid too much. But wrestling is different. You know, You Okada is Okada. You don't just replace Okada. And uh, hopefully this is somebody that can interpret that correctly and then and, and work with the main company and explain to him some of the wrestling things that maybe don't show up when you're running – Uh, a game conglomerate or uh you know a merchandise conglomerate so i'm encouraged i'm encouraged and hopefully uh it'll be interesting to see too uh since they're being so close he's going to address all of us at wrestle kingdom as
3: president that does sound to be the plan yeah and And that's intriguing because after a win after a loss who knows (laughs) right or before (laughs) it i mean i could see him yeah i guess i one thing i just kind of my last piece that that just crossed my mind like i have to wonder if bushiro learned from um the stardom situation with all the injuries and yeah. and the situation kind of backstage there that we sort you know people sort of heard about but just i mean even without hearing things about it just seeing the 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 terrible rash of injuries that they've had there you have to wonder if they had to consider like are we doing this right right yeah. so and i think yeah. that you know a guy like tanahashi can set some you know, they can set that up. I know he was one of the influencers in in taking the G1 from like an eight-day event with like a billion, with singles matches every day. And some of those cards are some of my favorite shows to go back and watch from 2011, 12, 13. But, um, you know, to make that first initial move to stretch it out a little bit, which ended up being a great business move too. So um, he was involved in that. So you got to believe he's got the wrestlers in mind. And that's, I think that's all they're asking for right now. Yeah, and there's something so, that
1: Dunstan Dunstan Williams is here, and I, I'm I, I, he makes a good point here. It might be a good time to take a gamble and go to different venues for big shows, and I, I don't know if they'll yeah. do that. They are doing that tour of Hokkaido, which is different. They plan to do that in 2020, than the the uh, the pandemic wiped all that out. Before, they basically just went to Sapporo uh, Sapporo Mm -hmm. up there, pardon, and that that was really the town. They would run two nights in Sapporo and then come back, sometimes something else. But a full-blown tour of Hokkaido is in the plans, so they have been looking at different venues, different towns maybe that they weren't hitting before, so it does look like some of that will happen. So we got
2: 175 events on the calendar for 2023 and you were talking about according to cage magic that know. sounds
3: right yeah no that yeah, sounds yeah. right So yeah.
2: we gotta say that 2024 more or less locked in like you were saying but 2025 and 2026 do you think it'll still be 175 mapped out differently or 150-ish uh with a little bit more uh like what's your instinct on what they how how much how willing they are to consider the the workers?
3: Well, I, I, I don't even know I don't know. Um right. they have the roster to do as many shows as they want, truthfully. I mean this the the size of the roster, the talent, etc. I think the habit that they got in was kind of having um having everyone on every tour, almost, yeah. right? Except for the juniors for G one and, yeah, the, and uh, the, the heavy
2: tag league and the super junior tag league. They yeah. they were a little sparse on their line. Okay. for sure We're so
3: together. but with you know with that said like i think they've got the i think maybe it's more about looking at some individual schedules right i right. mean you've got a guy like bushy who worked 122 dates last year in or in 2023 and and there's not that it's not he's not the only one that's up there there's a lot of guys that worked a lot of matches um you know and i think limiting that might be good um i think spreading it out a little bit more i think um like I said, like the roster is deep and and it's only getting bigger. It doesn't feel like yeah, of course, like you see some big names jumping to AEW or or you know, kind of leaving New Japan behind. Um, but the the young guys are coming together quickly. You got guys like Fujita and Oiwa, and you've got the partnership with Noah, and you're you're extending olive branches to Dragon Gate and Kyoshu Pro and some other like really small mm-hmm. promotions and some of that's recruiting. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, sure. Um, and, but some of it is, can this guy come on this tour and maybe these guys, maybe that's, maybe that's part of the play. Right. And you're always going to want your top stars in, in top spots, but I think there's also enough of them that they can, they can spread the tours out. And maybe it's more of a situation where they're still running 175, 80 dates, but nobody's wrestling more than hundred.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting to me the way some of these road to shows work too, which are essentially house shows The the Japanese version of house shows, you know that, but you at the on top of it, you'll have uh, tags underneath then two six man tags and an eight man tag and there's 30 guys on the card. <laughs> and there's, 30, right. there's 30 guys on a card with 300 people in the crowd. And you're just kind of wondering, okay, well, maybe we can be a little bit more economical with this and maybe take some bumps off of people's cards for a little bit and, uh, you know, spread that out a little
3: bit, if nothing else. I mean, the greatest bump in Japan is sitting on a bus. (laughs) Like, and and that's, you know, that's tongue in cheek, right? But like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of miles logged in a bus and and you ain't getting a bunk, right? Like you're sitting up. So I think that that's, but we, you know, again, the the new japan side hasn't seen such a rash of injuries um so like stardom i mean but stardom you rarely see those guys those girls sorry um phone it in right and you know you you know what you get on a on an undercard card six man from new japan right and sometimes (laughs) they they show up and they're amazing the finishing stretch is always great but the first you know, eight minutes is usually whatever. Right. So, yeah. T-shirts stay on. We're not going to get too into it. They they still got to make the towns. Mm -hmm. So like, that's tough. So we'll see. I don't, I don't foresee a lot changing because they still need to sell the tickets when it comes down Mm -hmm. to it, but how they get there, maybe a little bit different and maybe you're, maybe they're just going to different places. So it's a little more exciting too.
1: That would probably help. You know, it's, and then the other thing that I was, we were saying yesterday is, the way new japan operates they aren't going to make big announcements all of this stuff is changing look there's not going to be some massive thing it's going to be subtle it, it, sure. there won't there won't be something where tanahashi sits down and says okay here are all the things that are going to immediately be completely different we're not going to get that from them that's just not the way they do things and of course one of the first questions we got was are they going to replace ghetto are they going to replace Ghetto?" i don't think so uh he's been the booker through a lot it, but if they do. They probably won't say publicly. We'll have to find well, out through black channels, back channels, because they don't publicly acknowledge that there's a booker.
3: We won't know that Gato's not the booker until probably a pretty long time after he's done booking. <laughs> yeah, I mean I unless you know, unless someone catches wind of it. But even then, I I the English speaking wrestlers that I talk to, mm-hmm. they don't all they get is the information. They they get their information various ways. um it gets kind of passed around it gets figured out it's not it's not as like clean cut as everyone's sitting in a room with a whiteboard and it's like this person (laughs) over this person in 10 minutes you know like it's it's very it's classic they they talk individually and they talk to different people and they talk to each other and um you know it's it's it is it's really interesting to kind of understand a little bit of kind of where that where it all comes from because the mastermind is likely still gato but i I don't know that I would say he's the only person in the room anymore. Um, right. And he can still take all the credit. And, and kind of on you, when you when you said, um, you know, they're not going to make these big sweeping changes, just look at the title picture, right? Look at all the New Japan championships. And they could have blown it all up and been like, all right, so now we've got the world championship. We've got the global heavyweight. We've got the TV championship. They could have just completely blown it up but they did it over the course of what two and a half or three years to Mm -hmm. get to this point where they've kind of got this new generation of titles even. Um, And so my bet would be that this has been the plan all along um, to get to this, this particular set of titles. Cause I think we're done now. Like I think we're done transitioning championships around um, unless they eliminate the never or something, but I don't really see that happening. So like, but that's the pace that it works at. So I don't think you'll see really the fruits of Tanahashi's labor for two or three years. Right. All
1: right. Well, I mean, that's one of the things we love about New Japan is that they do think long term. They don't book week to week. And and that's one of the benefits of their system, which you said, is selling tickets. They're not a weekly television program. They don't have to panic if the rating drops a little bit and then just say, oh, we have to change booking because the fans are tuning out that's not what new japan it's about selling the tickets so uh they don't have to be reactionary they can they can think long term and uh they they aren't beholden to a television network to to keep ratings up so uh and that helps it's part of what i like about it is that they can tell those longer term stories and i'm sure they will so uh a lot of people saying this uh, and and Dunstan is leading the charge uh strong belts have got to go he said well they're they're definitely changing forms i think there's one's going into this triple crown this mysterious triple crown uh and then you know we'll we'll see what happens with julia oh like, gosh we don't we don't know what's uh the the strong women's title is definitely up in the air and in, in a lot of ways as she seems to have perhaps one uh foot halfway out the door anyway, so we'll have to see what how that turns out in the next but uh a lot of that has to do with contract situations more than anything else so sure
3: seems that way mm-hmm.
2: jeremy else uh, you want to cover before we uh we start jumping into some lore and wrestle kingdom
1: well, I mean, we can go. The, the only thing I wanted to mention because we didn't get to it yesterday is that uh, Doki won Corn Corso. He sure
2: Corso did. Yes. And yeah, uh, I, I, I think I might have it. Hold on, let's see. Do I have it?
3: He okay. should have won last year too. If you're, he if you got my vote mostly yeah. just out of shock and awe. I was like, what? "Holy shit!" That's why does this upy? guy wear
1: a shirt? Why well, why does he ever? Because the he lo- wear
3: a shirt? I said it. I said it somewhere else. I was like, "The low man cannot be the guy." that all the ladies love, right? Like he's, he's gotta, he's gotta wear the shirt. Otherwise he's going to get, he's going to start moving his way up the card. And that, that messes with the whole structure.
1: Yeah. Taichi's supposed to be the heartthrob, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so in just five guys there or Sonata, of course, but.
3: Sonata. Uh, oh, geez. Yeah.
1: <laughs> look at that. There you go. Well, there's the results. It's hard to read there, but Doki, uh, one going away, 1,438 votes and uh second place, Drilla Maloney, who is pretty cut. 1,000. Oh my 14- God. He 96. looked like the
3: ultimate warrior. Like <laughs> his pictures. Like, I mean, I, I can't even describe it. He just like, how about the politics of Hiroshi Tanahashi getting sixth place? Hmm, well, let's make the, the president look good. You know, when you factor in age, right. Yeah. That's pretty good.
1: Tom Otongo was last year's winner. He came in with 679 votes. And after that was uh Bolton Oleg who was uh, built like a Mack truck. Mean, he, to be fair. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to run into him on the street. And El Desperado was straight up not safe for work. We can't put his pictures on uh, there for this one. He just he went full on with that. And I, I liked uh, Kosei Fujita, who looked fabulous, by the way. Fujita had a good uh, outing. But uh, Fujita said, you know, that's it. I'm doing
3: nudity next year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Glad we saved that for you, Chris.
3: <laughs> I'm Listen, I'm a, I, that's one of my favorite moments for new japan every year is the concurso in the pictures if, if I, mind, I,
2: we're doing I, we're doing weightlifting contest world bodybuilding
3: i'm over here like <laughs> refreshing the the english website for the for the link just <laughs> like when i know it's coming i'm just no, that's we, that's my wrestle kingdom
1: no we talked about that with chris last year on the show and tamatanga won we were all about that yeah
3: so one of the things uh, that uh we were thinking about
2: doing this time with you was to just kind of take a trip down memory lane through 2023, January, February, March. Touch on each month without just, like, doing a deep, deep dive, open up your cage match or whatever. But think about the things as we go through. What were iconic, formative, the things that happened that you can think of, like, and I'll read off last year's Wrestle Kingdom so we can start from there. And uh, we'll just touch through the couple of months and just see if there's anything that, you know, felt to you important when it happened during the month and as we get to wrestle kingdom it just feels like the stories that were being told
3: sure so, yeah that sounds fun
2: uh all right so last year wrestle kingdom we had the rambo and the final four appear to be great Khan, shingo takagi show and toru yano they could be the same four again this year <laughs> Except for shingo.
1: i think it's uh, gonna be very different this year but
2: and yeah. I, I want to see Jeff Cobb in that kind of group. I feel like uh, he might be a fun one to have in there, but he's probably not up for shenanigans when it comes to, to the wrestling matches.
0: <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Maryland only New customer offer Subject to eligibility requirements Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets That expire in 7 days From issuance Please play responsibly For help Visit mdgamblinghelp.org Or call 1-800-GAMBLER In partnership with MGM National Harbor Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. At Highland We're all about celebrating little wins And little ways to innovate digital processes There's no customer pain point Too small for us to help with Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at Highland.com.
1: Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Chris. I've been stumping for either Gabe Kidd or Coglin to do the KOPW. I think those two would bring some very interesting stipulations to that and it would give them something to do since they don't necessarily have to be in the title picture immediately plus gabe kid's got about nine singles matches against various people to go but uh i don't know i did that this year we saw that shingo takagi carrying it through and then taiichi and they did something fun with it uh you know so where do you see that one
3: yeah i um i i think gabe kid is the play for something like that and i can just i can only imagine the stipulations that he would put out there um because he's a man i mean like he, he, he is leaning into being a madman and yeah. I am impressed. I mean, I, he's just, he's a great time, but I would hate to see that detract from any trajectory that the tag team could have, because I think mm-hmm. that there's so much potential with kid and Coughlin because um, Coughlin's a great character in his own right too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gabe kid gets, Gabe kid gets the, the shine really. So, but I think that putting him at least into this picture would be neat. Um, so then he could g- jump back into it at some point if he wanted to right um you know other than that i think i you know looking back to it i i remember great O'Con being in this circle and i i remember being sort of excited by that because i thought maybe he would take more of kind of a shoot style approach to the the kopw but we didn't really get that we got some shingo action which ended up being really kind of awkward because he then was holding kopw and challenging for the iwgp world heavyweight championship as the new beginning tour went on so i i felt like that was odd i feel like there's a lot of booking pivots with shingo that happened right Yeah, um, i think so too he's, I, the I plug,
2: think so. he's the plug and play guy he's yeah. like yeah yeah on the schedule you just put shingo over
3: there yeah but like should the first challenger for the iwgp world heavyweight championship after wrestle kingdom be a plug-in or no. was him winning the kopw a, a plug-in and what so, yeah. and what possibly could have been the plan that was missing there right so yeah yeah i mean i think the kopw leveled out i think tai did some cool stuff with it throughout the year um i mean we got very little toriano features very few toriano mm-hmm. features this year um which is fine he's you know he's normally been one of those guys that's on the top of that list of how many matches they work in a year but because obviously his style you know promotes him working plenty of matches in a year. But um yeah, I mean, I think I, I think the the interesting thing to keep an eye on for this year's KOPW is guys like Great ocon like are they gonna stick in that kind of lane? Are, is he kind of a mid-card comedy guy or does he have an upside? What the hell's going on with the United Empire? Could Hanare yeah. get a get a run with KOPW and mm-hmm. do kind of a shoot style BMF style like I mean, I would love that, you know, like mm-hmm. various, like the most various important epilations. thing that happened to
2: great Ocon this year is that he got a haircut.
3: I mean, he should go the rest of the way. I
2: think, I mean that, but that really like, if that's where I'm at this entire year. It is it, like, it is capped off with, he got a haircut and that is literally the most important thing that happened to great Ocon this year.
1: Yeah. You know that I'll tell you what though, that match with Moxley, was fantastic that was, was one of his that oh, was yeah. one of his best matches of his career and it showed me that there's still a lot there and that maybe you just haven't quite found the way to bring it out yet but that guy has something and quite a bit to offer i think i think okan does they just haven't quite found the right key to it yet sure uh,
2: all right else, so man? rest of this card satoshi kojima togi makabang eugene got it defeated minoru suzuki Tatsumi Fujinami and Tiger Mask in nine minutes, 10 seconds. Mm. Opening match Catch 2 2 defeating Leo Rush and Yo in 10 minutes and 29 seconds. Feel like Catch 2 2 has that uh, opening match slot uh, nailed down lately. Oh, this brings us back. In five minutes and 47 seconds, Kyrie defeated Tam Nakano.
1: Hey. Well, officially...
3: Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what happened afterwards. Oh, um, memory Lane! Just nah, take that I troll. Mean, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that whole, the, the whole stardom New Japan, th- that just hasn't worked the way we were hoping it to. There's just no... For those
2: years. that uh, don't know what we're coding, speaking of, immediately after, this is when mercedes Monet made her debut in New Japan in what was highly heralded, but more or less a spectacular flame-out when all is said and done. Uh, just not nearly the delivery of well, I mean, if we look at it, like it, the promise of what could have been versus what we got is a bit disappointing.
1: Well, so, we got, we got, we got two great Mercedes matches. One with Kyrie, did. one with Mayu Iwatani. Then she got hurt, right? Which yeah. was, you know, and there was more than that. She wrestled but that that was the one. Uh, there were so. I think if she hadn't gotten hurt, we might be telling a different story now. But that was a sputter out I of the agree. gate, that thing right there. But that the that was a sputter is, out of the gate. Having those two only do five minutes was was tough to handle for fans. That For fans of stardom, certainly. We know how little they were able to showcase what they can do there.
2: We then had Bishamon defeat FTR in 10 minutes and 10 seconds. We had Zach Saber Jr. defeat Ren Narita for the inaugural new japan world television title and, and he current. has carried it what and current and, and it's current still yeah. carrying the title and uh longest reigning champion most title defenses what are yep. the other platitudes that he has
3: uh those? those i mean the most title defenses in the iwg under the iwgp banner is is yeah. kind of the big one um yeah. and then you know this year he he won a bunch of singles matches i think it was 30 or 23 singles matches he won oh we have Which- your infographic do you- right? okay we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah but yeah i mean that's i mean that's big too i mean even yeah. if they're short matches i mean and those are just as when he was an
2: iron man for the company and yeah, he, was but- a, he was a top level main eventer when they needed him to be oh never open weight title match do you guys remember what this looks
3: this I oh, mean, yeah. it, this feels like an eternity ago. Kamatonga yeah, really
2: defeated Carl Anderson for the never She's open weight title.
3: Like if you would ask me, like just out of the blue, was that was this match last year's Wrestle Kingdom? I'd been like, absolutely not. That was so yeah. long ago. Um, ago. <laughs> but here we are, less than less than a year ago today. But a year ago last Wrestle Kingdom, we were waiting to see if Carl Anderson would actually show up and yep. and if, make if the town business
2: would be made <laughs>
3: and business was made in nine minutes and 36 uh uneventful seconds surgical
2: you're in you're out <laughs> bright lights baby Six-man tag team match. We had Hiroshi Tanahashi, Keiji Muto, and Shuto Umino defeating wow. LIJ members Bushi, Sonata, and Tipsy and Naito, which would eventually lead to the Wrestle Kingdom 2 matches and his and retirement match for Muto in yeah. February. Yeah, uh,
3: the big the big setup here was for Naito and, and Muto. And, you know, Naito... Naito and Muto drew up drew a pretty big house in the Tokyo Dome. I mean, this is not unfamiliar territory for Tetsuya Naito. So, um, yeah. But I was and happy. he was
2: very much unhighlighted in in this card. This was just a match with
3: a big yes. setup. Uh, it yeah, wasn't, but we, we kind of knew. Like,
2: it wasn't like the spotlight of spotlight of the night. It was yeah. part of the it was part of the mapping.
3: The real question was who who's going to interact with Mudo, right? Is mm-hmm. it going to be Sonata or is it going to be Naito? And it Naito. ended up being being Naito more than anything.
2: We then had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title four-way match in which hmm. Hiromu Takahashi defeated Taiji Ishimori, El Desperado, and Master Wado in 16 minutes and 43 seconds. At the time, Ishimori was the champion and Hiromu uh, won the title at the time. Yeah. And yeah, and... Had-
3: Part of the story, I think, is that Hiromu hasn't beaten Desperado since. So I think Mm -hmm. that's how we got to the Desperado match. But um, that hasn't really been clear.
2: It's been very ambiguous about the fact that he's got a checklist of people that he needs to beat in order to feel like he has completed everything that he needs to with his title reign. And uh, yeah, it could have been explained better.
1: It could have the other thing that strikes me about that match now that we look back a year, but I remember saying that this the biggest the biggest uh moment in this one was he doesn't have to win, but Watto needs to look good here because he's in with three of the best junior heavy workers in the world. And he was kind of the odd man out a year ago. This was the, the he was fourth out of four in that list if you were going to rank him. And I just said, it's really important for him to have a good showing in this match. If he does that, he can elevate himself. doesn't need to win it, but he needs to look good in it. And he did. Now, this has been a very strong year for Watto and, mm-hmm. you know, ended up winning best of the super juniors went through this whole i thought interesting uh, run during world tag league where he was involved in a lot of victories he got a lot of wins during world tag league in underneath matches but uh, he was winning a lot of those with vendeval and things and seems to be set up to be a challenger to uh, in the near future i think for either Hiromu or desperado and that, maybe not necessarily the first one but uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that almost every match that he was involved in the finish, it was him getting a win. Uh, that's usually mm-hmm. a message uh, in World Tag League. And mm-hmm. so uh, it ended up being a very the beginning of a very big year for Wato. I think he has elevated himself. Is he on Desperado and Hiromu's level? No, but I think those are the only two people that are. Uh, but other than that, I think he's one of the top juniors now and the fans see him as legit threat. I you mean, the story figure, is for him to get to that next
3: level. Sorry, you, you, No, you're fine. You got to figure he's going to be out there with Desperado too. Um, sure. So he's going to be he, – he may not be on this year's Wrestle Kingdom card, but he's going to be present um, for that title match. And maybe maybe that means he just jumps right in, and maybe he is the first challenger, no matter who wins, right? Because mm-hmm. him and Desperado have this kind of sort of friendship going, but <laughs> I don't think it would – I don't think it would – um prohibit them from having a match
2: um I kind of if uh, those things sound weird they kind of remind me of ken and ryu from street fighter <laughs> like they just they're like they they have a friendship yeah. i'm the sorry
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. like
2: They are mirrors of each other in a lot of ways, and they don't want to admit it.
3: I only have a few hobbies, and this is clearly the (laughs)
2: the one that takes up most of my time. I uh, I, I have many nerd corners that I keep my head around.
1: (laughs) But They they did such a good job on that whole thing that when Desperado actually put the Desperato towel in his his tights there as one of the towels hanging there, it got a big pop, and I felt good inside. So they did a good job with that story. Yeah, that was a great story.
2: We then had what remains my match of the year, the IWGP United States heavyweight title match. Kenny Omega defeated Will Ospreay, 34 minutes to 38 seconds. Uh, we've all talked this match to death. Uh, there's not much to say other than it was the match of the year for me, uh, but i give you guys the floor to add whatever you need to add about it.
3: I mean, the parallel this year is... Danielson and Okada on the card, right? So if we're mm-hmm. if we're kind of tying it back to what's happening in in you know a couple of days here, like that's the token big star from AEW coming to wrestle Big Star from New Japan. So, you know, I think from a Western perspective, uh Omega and Osprey was a bigger deal, uh, especially because we hadn't seen it yet. But, you know, with that said, like this is kind of that this this is that classic spot on the card that had, you know, Omega and Jericho, it had Omega and Osprey and now it's going to have Okada and Danielson. Um so I think it's a neat spot on the card. I think, you know, it is not my match of the year. So we will Oh, this
2: match right here, it's not your this match. match is,
3: this match is not my match of the year. Okay. The Kenny the Kenny Omega will Osprey match of the year, but mine I'm sure we'll cross it as we go through the months. Sure. Um but it is certainly going to be the match of the year like i have no doubt about that they
2: are a competitor the team pretty yeah
3: like i that. and i can't re- it's my one sure. a it's my one a but there's just some other pieces to the puzzle that i like to throw out there in that kind of top match but um yeah i mean when you look back at it though was it was it a valuable match for new japan to own yeah of course um did it keep Kenny Omega around no you know like he didn't he didn't he never came back he didn't lose the title in in Japan um he didn't move you know he didn't really move the needle past Wrestle Kingdom but that's a big needle to move so there's nothing wrong with that per se I just you know I had hoped for maybe a Sakura Genesis or a Dominion appearance like one or two extra shots on the, on the big shows so but you know I think it did You know, no pun intended, it elevated Will Ospreay um, even further to the point where it was a no doubter that he is the absolute best wrestler in the world. So that's worthwhile. And we've seen that play out this year on what I like to lovingly call the Will Ospreay goodbye tour, which he's (laughs) been on without telling anyone. And I've been saying it privately everywhere that he's given all of his buddies the match of their lives because he's not sure that he's going to have a chance to do it again. So, this year we I look at the match that Will Osprey's in for the Global Heavyweight Championship with John Moxley and David Finley. And I think Will Osprey's trying to give his buddy, David Finlay the match of his life in the Tokyo Dome. And I don't know if that means Finlay wins. Most of the guys that Osprey kind of worked those matches with was they did not win. Um, Osprey was still mostly a winner this year, but
2: I had a scenario, we'll get to it. And yeah. it, it feels like it makes a lot of sense to me. but That um, that, yeah. that
3: doesn't necessarily mean that Osprey's not winning that title, though. Right, yeah. And, and it, what, the one thing that I just
1: wanted to add to that, it, it ended up being the first match of what ended up being one of the great in-ring years any wrestler of any era mm-hmm. has oh, ever yeah. had. Oh, oh, yeah. Os- the, the variety of opponents, the places, the, the, the different types of matches, Osprey had a very, very special 2023. One of the best ever.
2: It was, it was actually, it wasn't the Moxley match. It was maybe the match after Moxley in Chicago that he started just this run of matches, including the Orange Cassidy match at Forbidden Door, but it was the middle of 2022. Then he got a little bit injured in March, Mm -hmm. had to take a little bit of a break, but then he just picked up right where he left off. And most people forget that he was on the shelf for two months in the middle Mm -hmm. of, of March, like People have completely forgotten at this point and just think it, like, he was just running, running the show all year long, all year long. But speaking of someone who was not running the show all year long, Katsuchika Okada defeated Jay White in 3303. Jay White was the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Okada took the belt and thus began another goodbye tour. For one, Jay
3: White. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, um, Jay, White, Jay White's goodbye tour was mostly just will he or won't just he goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah, that uh, that set the stage for later stuff in New Japan for the title scene. But we also had the New York Dash. We had the Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, and then we had the New Beginning in nagoya were there anything from those uh, that month that you guys think of and if you like yeah those were iconic moments for new japan
1: well the wasn't the kiyomiya kick in uh, yokohama it was yeah that was, that, uh, was big, that was a big that ended up being a big deal and i think part of a story that's going to continue through 2024
3: wasn't it on that one that was like a in a six-man like uh, underneath it? was it on the mudo show
2: it was the no contest, yeah. It was uh Kiyomi and in a versus Okada and Makabe. Because no he wrestled uh, oh, Kiyomi on the yeah, Mudo yeah, yeah. show,
1: didn't he? He wrestled. Uh, that was a oh, singles yeah. match in, in he, that one. Yeah. No, he didn't wrestle him, he, buried him. Anyway, <laughs> he Buried him. But again, that that was those were very early chapters of a very long story. I think we're coming back to that.
3: Oh, absolutely. I, as assuming Okada is still there, um, that story's not going they, away. They got to, but they did. I was I was a little bit. Um, I was a little bit bummed that Okada kind of pivoted away from the like old man yells at clouds yells at little young (laughs) lions because it's such a good like character and he totally kind of pivoted away from it from the G1 on Mm -hmm. and and I'm I'm I was a little bit bummed that that wasn't just kind of the through line throughout the whole year but my bet is they had the Danielson match set up and that was you know they they didn't want to get too deep into that story and obviously I think it's it's going to come back here but. The uh you know on the on the Wrestle Kingdom in Yokohama, the the Noah Wrestle Kingdom, the all the Lij versus Congo best of five matches were really, really fun. Cool to see. Yes. Great, great that both companies took that feedback that you know the multi-mans the year prior didn't really trip the trigger and they did a bunch of singles matches with kind of a, 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 a long-standing purpose. So that was neat. Other than that, January was pretty low-key. New beginning in Nagoya ended with uh the King of Pro Wrestling uh, title match between Shingo and Great o'con, the MMA rules match, which was not good. Um, no, no, it was not. Yeah, it was not good. And then the rest was really just, just road to. So yeah, I mean, January is always all about Wrestle Kingdom and maybe you dip your toe into that new beginning tour. Um, I do find it a little bit interesting that they're not doing the official Noah crossover this year, but they're giving a lot of talent to the Noah, the new year show. So mm-hmm. that is, sort of serving that same purpose, but it's Noah gets to own it.
2: Kingdom, then, then yeah. Noah, <laughs> yeah. Noah New year final road to wrestle kingdom.
3: <laughs> yeah. But Noah gets to own that and probably take in the, the funds for it this year. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was the plan all along. So I, you know, that will be a fun show.
1: We we did get this before we move on on Okada. We saw a couple, we saw a couple different iterations of Okada because at the beginning of the year, he was three 3.0 Okada mm-hmm. where he was, Quite literally doing Enoki saying at the end of the shows, positioned as the Enoki of the company and everything. And then he just got to be cranky old man Okada, which I agree with you. I loved it. I, I thought it was, it was great. A,
2: it was one of my favorite things.
1: And it reminded me of his, uh, in a different form of his super cocky persona when he first came back from Excursion. And he was, you know, the, the original Rainmaker was kind of a snot. Uh, And, uh, you know, because he was in contrast to Nakamura, in contrast to Tanahashi and things. Uh, <clears throat> So when we brought that back, we're like, "Who are these punks?" Uh, and you know, the the obvious thing is, well, dude, that's you. <laughs> that's right. that's you all those years ago, and now all of a sudden you don't like it. That that's a a very uh, relatable story right there. But they did pivot away from him being Inoki, and they kind of let that go. That 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 whole thing of they they didn't have him do the big saying at the end. Uh, you know, the big you know H&E Sanda. Uh, but he was literally doing an Oki okay for a while there. And then I think they just kind of backed off of that and uh, went with that whole story with Narita and uh, Umino. So it, we, we've seen a few different Okadas this year. We'll see what they settle on in 2024. So
2: Yeah, so moving on to February, we had the New Beginning in Osaka, we had the Battle on the Valley, and then we had the CMLL Fantastica Mania Tour. Battle on the Valley had our, actually the New Beginning had the, sh- uh, let's see what we had here. We had Okada and Shiko in their match. We had Amatonga defeating El Phantasma in the open weight. And then we had what I thought is probably one of the more noteworthy things. Hikuleo defeated Jay White in the Loser Leave Japan match, followed by Battle in the Valley, where Jay White lost a Loser Leaves New Japan in general match to A Kingston. So this is important. Because we've never really had a resolution between AEW and New Japan about the relationship between Jay White and David Finley. And I think that is absolutely intentional to protect David Finley's status as the preeminent leader of Bullet Club uh, worldwide. Whereas they can position Jay White as Bullet Club and AEW. Am I reading that right? Or is that do you guys get a different read on that?
1: uh you know the i've never really sure I'm, i've never been really sure where that stands uh just it, it does feel like there has to be some sort of unfinished business just because you know finlay clocked him with a shillelagh but then uh, since then you know, like jay white hasn't really seemed to mind all that much I don't know, it hasn't really been right. part of any storyline uh so i i don't know sometimes i feel like it's been dropped And they've just kind of moved on to different things. And, uh, you know, they painted, they booked themselves accidentally, I think. Well, not accidentally, they did it on purpose. But I think they thought Jay was going to WWE. So when they had the whole idea that he's out of New Japan, you know, he's they booked themselves into a place where Jay can't really come back and try to get revenge on Finlay. Uh, Finlay would have to go to AEW. And I don't know if AEW is particularly interested in Finlay. And now all of a sudden that gets complicated. So I think this, the way they, they, book themselves into the corner with jay is out of new japan it kind of leaves that hanging right now I, uh, mm-hmm. unless Finlay goes to aew or they come up with some plot twist where jay wins his way back into new japan which they don't normally do not that they can't but
3: they haven't do do that much he, 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 there's really no mechanism for getting them together well i think what it really comes down to is that <laughs> they've they obviously they they don't always close the door on guys that are leaving that way. And I yeah. don't think that was, I don't think that was political. I think it's mostly just booking. Yeah. Um, it, it was a way to get to these couple of matches and to give Hickle a moment, to give Eddie Kingston, the story with Eddie Kingston, uh, uh, some finality with Jay, because they had been going back. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I might have lost Chris for a second there. But uh, okay. yeah, the, the story of Eddie and, and Jay was going back and forth. But it kind of pivoted, you know, like it mm-hmm. then became Finley's permission for Jay White to return uh, to New Japan, which is always the thing that I thought was somewhat interesting on that. Um, Chris, are we back? I Jay think up, I'm now? back.
3: I think okay, you're yeah. back
2: too. I'm going to let you t- I'm gonna finish your thought because I don't know if I had your thought right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I think – I think it was the booking lended itself to what they did. Um, But I do think what it really creates is a bigger shock value. If, if, right, I'm going to use the word if, if Jay White ever steps back into a New Japan ring or a New Japan arena, I think it creates another level of excitement because somehow he's back right and Mm -hmm. you know it's pro wrestling right this isn't cody not being able to challenge for the (laughs) AEW title because he is so hell bent on sticking to a step right like jay white could work new japan right (laughs) does he want to i don't know i mean he seems happy he seems successful but if he ever drops back in the crowd will go nuts um so so you kind of have that Around if it's an option. I don't really know what that relationship looked like. Um, so I mean he kind of went out again, similarly. I mean, people people at New Japan like David Finley, like mm-hmm. Jay White likes David Finlay. So if nothing else, it was an avenue to to get Finley into that role. I right. mean, so
1: and, and uh, if, if they do manage to work out a thing where he just comes back for one special show, the idea of Jay White coming in as a babyface to try to get at Finlay would be huge I either mean, oh, pop like crazy as, a, as jay white as a baby face yeah it'd it'd
3: because be, he jay white as bullet club leaders go he was as as over as any of them when it comes down yeah, to so, it he it, was it, as over as kenny as a baby face without some, a doubt yeah some without a doubt i think the the audience really really liked jay and he never got caught up with the house of torture bullshit like he was really yeah. he stayed his own lane And you know what? That's that's honorable in pro wrestling. And he he still stays in his own lane. He does his thing. He knows his character. He is that person. And, you know, so I I was upset and bummed with how it kind of ended. I wish it would have ended bigger. Um, Hickaleo and Eddie Kingston are not exactly the guys I would have put. I would have put. But it was the stories that he was telling at that moment. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to go with what you got.
2: All right. Yeah. We went to March, had the Nudespan Cup. We all know the story of the fan Cup. Sonato left LIJ, uh, joined just four guys to make just five guys. Finley ascended to the head of Bullet Club. Any other stories from March that seem noteworthy in our path? Uh, strong style form with Ren Narita, Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki around the same time uh, when Narita was basically – hunted by them to join convinced to join compelled you would give it a shot
1: yeah we that didn't really go anywhere no. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever whatever happened with that uh, i out of that grant of course we know what's happened with narita and he's been a major part and they had a big long-term thing for him uh desperado's in this featured match suzuki uh, becoming uh you know lovable murder grandpa this year was uh, interesting it's that he's he's just flat out almost Hantai baby face, his whole thing with Nagata, although I do like that at the end, he and Nagata still don't like each other. Like I'm still, I, I still can't stand it. Um, we'll work together. We'll shake hands, but piss off after that. Uh, I it just, it's too good. They can't. Those two. I, I. It would look weird if those two were uh, buddies after all this time. But uh, I did enjoy seeing them both at, going at each other again and then teaming. Uh, interesting year for Suzuki. This is just the story he told throughout the whole year of him coming around to being the uh, downright cuddly toward the end. Uh, in right. some ways, right there.
3: We getting you're getting U.S. Suzuki in Japan now yeah a little bit
1: and of course he he got very experimental over the course of the year he had some what was it there was a wrestling match on a playground where he was on a <laughs> swing and drop kick somebody he wrestled somebody on the shinkansen he's just living his best life right now he's doing whatever he wants
2: so uh Sonata went wins new japan cup yep. we move on to sakura genesis where mercedes monet had a match with azumi and hazuki Uh, off the open won the iwgp tag team titles when they What could
1: have been what could have been
2: they they defeated bishamon and then sonata defeated okada in 26 58 for a legendary title run beginning here and there
3: (laughs) yeah and this is this is when everyone was like oh okay sonata's getting his his token he can be a challenger at any time later rain and Mm -hmm. here he is still holding the title yeah, it, it, it when it happened
1: for me, I, I oh, no. thought that the first thing I oh, oh we lost Chris for here br- briefly we'll bring him back on, but uh, what uh, got me about this one, it is the first thing that set me off the path of Will Osprey winning G one, which I thought was what was going to happen at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I just thought, oh wait, no, it's Naito. <laughs> you know, I actually I I thought that we would eventually get to Naito and Sonata off that because it's the only story big time story they could tell coming off Sonata, just leaving LIJ the way he did, you know, he's going to have to work his way through LIJ and then eventually get to Naito. So that one threw me off and set set us on the trajectory there. I, Cause I thought Osprey was going to win G1 at the beginning of the year. That's why I predicted. And then when the, when Sonata ended up beating Okada, I just, thought, Oh, okay. It still could be, but it also might be Naito. They might be just going with Sonata and Naito at the dome to give it to, you know, th- that way. And that's how it's turned out. But, uh, you know, legendary title we'll have to see. It's been it's been spotty at best and in and, and that way. But I think with the the destination is gonna be worth it to, to get it back to to Naito for that last run.
2: You know, it's around this time that we started getting vignettes, uh those little images about an invasion in Japan, about the monster, the the yeah. uh, thing. And we won't touch on that, but that was probably one of the most formative moments in New Japan if we get towards that. But before then, we got uh, Capital Collision, where Oxy Open won these strong titles. And that is basically the most important thing that happened there. Uh, moving on, let's see, April. Anything else that you guys can think of in April that happened? We had Tatsumi no Kuni. We had Road to Wrestling Taku events. But I'm not going to jump to Dungtaku. see what we had going on there. Okay. Uh, it looks like we had Hikaleo defeating Kenta for the strong Weight title. Uh, ooh, wrestling to talk began one of the best title reigns in 2023. Do you know what title reign I speak of?
3: How was that? It was what am I looking
2: Chaos Kazuchiko Okada, and Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, yeah, and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Ren Narita for the never openweight six man titles at this event.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, that turned out a lot better than we kind of probably initially thought. That, uh, that's been a hell of a fun. Yeah, it's been a strong run. Yeah, they've had good matches. They've had interesting ones I've, uh, against interesting opponents. I've enjoyed that ring. Yeah.
3: yeah, and that was one that I was like, uh, you know, you saw the result happen and I was kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> sure, let's do that. But at the time, I was like, oh, they're going to defend at Forbidden Door. Yeah, okay, right? yeah. 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 It, right. you know it's just it was close enough. It was like, oh, okay, they're gonna do something neat That's with a these, three, for, these right. three gig guys and three AEW guys, and we're gonna have a kick-ass trios match at Forbidden Door, and it's gonna keep everyone else out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um because at the time I don't think we had I by the time this match had happened. Like that was my first thought. And then very shortly thereafter, I think we knew the Danielson match was on the table. So um, that was a fleeting moment for me. But I remember as I was watching this live, my thought was, oh, cool. That'll be a ridiculous match at Forbidden Door for some sort of trio to get all these guys onto the card. But um, didn't pan out that way, which is fine. But um, ultimately this, yeah, this was a pretty good show. We had Sonata and and Takahashi uh, Hiromu Mm -hmm. on top. Um, you know, in a match that you knew Hiromu wasn't going to win, but it was good. Um, and it started Sonata kind of buzzing through some of the LIJ or former LIJ associates. So that I think, you know, is still a story that they're telling. So that's, that's been the long-term story. Um, you know, save for one who's, who has still not gotten a shot, which that
2: that check that box not been checked yet.
3: (laughs) One box not checked and maybe it gets checked after the dome.
1: And we're looking. I'm just looking at some comments here, and I yeah, got, hit them up. Uh, some, we've got uh, some love for Old Man Okada, but also uh, uh, Shingo versus Okada was a great main event that I think I slept on, according to Dunstan. Catch twenty two against Doki and Kanemaro. Yeah, that was a hell of a match. Oh right? yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was terrific. And then Dunstan says Hiromo and the Leo Junior War. Well, Leo Rush was oh. was
3: excellent when he was he there a, too. He had a heck of a run the whole time he was in. He was there, including last year's Dome, where he. Uh, yeah. I mean, he crimson masked yeah oh that's true yeah, that's Un- unintentionally
1: right. yeah yeah that's true so the the, the uh, fortuitous juice as dusty used to say uh flaming shark with some love for jay white he said he's in contention for my favorite wrestlers so many amazing talents it is hard to narrow down and uh some love for uh Saccharogenesis. genesis so Dunstan says Saccharogenesis was a fantastic show that felt like it was what the company needed to get back into form uh that was and- probably my show of the year it was excellent. And uh, the best yeah. IWGP champion of all time, Sonata. Uh, and, uh, seriously, though. Yeah, I was hoping you were kidding. Uh, Sakura was fantastic. The IWGP women's tag and world title match is all fantastic. And uh, then uh, the next one, he, we're about to get into that one, Duns, uh, Dunstan, because we're not too far away from uh, the monster hitting Tokyo that was uh, debuting it at uh, dominion so so the rest of may had two events that were pretty important one was the
2: best of the super juniors which i'll get to but first was the strong resurgence show that happened this Mm -hmm. was important for a number of reasons uh kenta defeated hicka by count out i referenced this in the uh the interview with hicka last week this is the match where he went over the rafters and he lost by count out and i asked him why he was so crazy is the reference to that match we had will Ospreay defeat hiroshi tanahashi in the iwgp united states heavyweight title number one contendership because he did not have the title at the time and then this was also the night that willow nightingale defeated mercedes monet and mercedes broke her ankle
3: that was the main event actually that was too event. Yeah, was. yeah at walter walter pyramid too so yep. uh you know one of the bigger new japan i mean this was really what new japan wanted to do in the u.s they wanted to feature someone like mercedes monet um again we all know how it panned out it's disappointing at at best so but you know i think the cool move is that willow won i think that was surprising i love a surprise finish in a main event so um you know my main opposed-
2: frustration was that it wasn't capitalized upon after
3: sure well i think uh with a company that's that has a very steady hand booking when you pivot like that and no one really knew you were going to do it there is no plan you kind of have to leave things in the hands of Tony Khan then right because Willow was his wrestler so that's kind of that's kind of how it all happened
1: well yeah and then I think that I think they were headed toward Julia and Mercedes anyway so I thought what the idea was well we'll put the belt on Julia and then it'll just be that will flip champion and challenger once that match finally happens. And then Mercedes, who knows if that's ever going to happen, because um, the way the dominoes have fallen, she's hurt for a lot of the year. And then just as she's not too far away from coming back, Charlotte gets hurt for nine months. And I think that could have a big impact on Mm, how things turn out. So I haven't really thought about that. Yeah. Well, they need it. Now they need someone to team up with Bailey when damage control turns on her. So (laughs) I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to. Speculation corner over here. (laughs) Yes, it is. But you know, again, you know, the dominoes fall. May not be wrong. We'll see what happens. Anyway,
2: we got to the best of the super juniors, which led to the semifinals. The final four of the best of the super juniors were master Watto defeating Mike Bailey and Mm Teton defeating El Desperado which then led to Master Wado defeating Teton and then going on to face Romu Takahashi.
3: Teton?
1: I about,
2: oh, go ahead, sorry.
3: Sorry, De- Teton beating El Desperado in that semifinal match was my, like, shock of the year. Yes. It blew me away. It was kind of one of those, like, all right, cool. They're giving Teton a little shine. Like, this is great. And then he won, and I was like, wait, the what? Because I, you know, I thought the story was Wato and Despi. And I sure. thought that would have been a great final too, but Teton got over throughout that tournament. I don't, I doubt this was like a pivot, but I think maybe they gave him the chance to get over um, and he did. And then the Despy match was fantastic. One of my favorite yeah. matches of the year. And then the final was even a level up from that. Um, you know, anyone who slept on best of the super juniors, because often that, that happens without the really big stars, right? Mm-hmm. Best of the super juniors every year is, yes. is the one of the, highlights of the year everything is easy to watch clean it's usually there's very little bs there's no evil you know like there's <laughs> show right shows in there like you've got yeah. some some of that and that's pro wrestling like you can't get away from it but um a great 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 tournament this year really underrated i think and and you know you saw guys like dan maloney um i believe he was still dan maloney at that point yes. oh i know uh,
2: when it changed
3: yeah So, I mean, you had you had a lot of a lot happening in that in that tournament. And the junior division in New Japan right now is so strong that Mm -hmm. I think, you know, this and then junior tag league later in the year were both tremendous tournaments. Really, they showed up and showed out. And I think we're going to see that again at Wrestle Kingdom.
1: I just think that out of that, it's worth mentioning that I think Mike Bailey is my favorite New Japan wrestler who's not a New Japan wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite guest, my guy, every time there's something special with that guy every single time that all those great matches we've seen this year and that Zach saber junior match he had in that lone star shootout. And I was I was thrilled that I was there in person for it. Uh boy. That one blew him, the doors off the place. That was fantastic match. And that, every time that guy goes in the ring, it's special no matter who he's with.
3: He's all a right, new Japan so- guy. He's a new Japan guy. He should, yeah, be- <laughs> he should be spending a lot. Well, and I think the relationship's good. So I think we'll see yes. more of him, but Hopefully. yeah, I agree
1: next jeremy
2: June brought us dominion and it brought us forbidden door let's start with Dominion first that seemed like an okay show uh we had will osprey defeating lance archer for the yep. uh united states heavyweight title oh yeah in the, the opener the opener uh los ingenables de japon defeated just five guys in an eight-man tag match IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match Catch Two Two with Dan Maloney defeated the Jet Setters of Kevin Knight and Kushida for a title change. It was here that Dan Maloney turned on him, turned on them. There
3: you go. Yes.
2: So, Zach Saber defeated Jeff Cobb for the World Television Title. uh the-
3: This is when we knew that the TV title wasn't actually for young dudes. Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: or,
2: like, or
3: going to be defended in towns that you don't normally. Yeah, see, right? right. Yeah, like all the stuff they like- said. We love Jeff Cobb. Don't get me wrong. He's just, he's not in his 20s. Like, that's just a fact. No, no he's not.
2: And after the first of uh, several Mark Davis injuries this year, the IWG, IWGP tag team and uh, strong openweight tag team title three way tornado match with Bishamon defeating House of Torture and the United Empire. We then had the never openweight title match in which David Finley with his entourage of Alex Kovlin Clark Conner, Dan Maloney, Gabriel Kidding, Go, defeated El Fantastico.
1: I still insist, by the way, Katsuyori Shibata is the Kaiser Soze of New Japan. Everybody he touches goes bad. I'm telling you that <laughs> well, someday they, he's going to be
3: revealed. as a big shadow leader. cabal at the... Dojo. Some, of those, right. some of those guys have talked about that now, in character, yeah. Yeah. in character, yeah. that they they hated it. You know, now that Renderita's turned and pretty much yeah. the whole the whole gang, right? They're all in Bullet Club now. Um, well, let's <laughs> say for a few, but they have... They have kind of canonized it that that shibata actually like they hated doing all the shibata workouts and trying to become the wrestler so listen as they should use it right especially now that now that he's you know he's essentially gone from new japan which i do think is a shame but i think it's uh, you know, it's the liability situation and it's yeah. just something new Japan's not willing to risk. And I you know, I want to see about Shibata wrestle. So if that means AEW, I, I that's fine, right? So be yeah. it. But yeah, um it's, I do it, think it's it, also
1: worth it's also worth noting that he did go into business for themselves on one of their big shows with that. Well, that's what that that's, really upset
3: him. <laughs> that's the rumor, right? I don't think we've ever no one's ever confirmed that. Okay. Um fair enough. But the writing does seem to be on the wall. Um I mean, <laughs> for for that to have happened, just considering what's happened since. I mean, yeah, if pull, you if you want to connect if you want to connect those dots, those dots are very close together. <laughs> yeah, it could have been an Eddie Gilbert moment, therefore.
2: All right, I'm gonna throw the last three matches at you in a in a one-two-three shot, and you can talk about it if you will for a few. We got Haromo Takahashi defeating Master Wado in 19 minutes 50 seconds. We had Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi defeating the Blackpool Combat Club of Nolan, John Moxley, and Shota Umino in Good 20 mash. minutes and 38 seconds. And then we there had Sonata did. defeating Yoda Suji. Mm. I know you yeah. have thoughts, gentlemen. Have at it. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and says Gene Blast had a memorable, de- a memorable debut. And of course, has no one realized what Gene Blast sounds
3: like? Yes, we oh, know. No. We know. We, we know. know. We know. We know. And they know. know. Oh no. Yeah. They They know too. They know. Everybody. Too. Everybody knows. And We're, you know what? Good on them. They're all with it. Yeah. We're being winked at a little bit there. I mean, you've got uh, got Moxley (laughs) coming out with a shirt that says zero fucks. So, you know, I mean. And and they're leaning
2: hard into (laughs) that.
1: They,
3: they, well, they they know what they are allowed to sell versus what's allowed to sell in the U.S. So they're going to. they're gonna roll with it.
1: Well, do you remember back in the day when they told people not to cuss? That's over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's over with. That's been over. That's I been over think, since.
2: I do think this was the best Master Wato match that I've ever seen against Tomo oh. Takahashi. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. And 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 the thing about it is, everyone knew. Well, you you didn't give Master Wato much of a chance to win, but yeah. but he um he he showed up, and that's that's all he yeah. could do in that moment. I mean yeah. he. He really did have a a big May to June kind of glow up. Yeah, he I did. Understand.
2: I thought I thought the Blackpool Combat Club match uh, was the first hint that this open weight six man title reign could be something special, and it has been. And so I'm I'm very happy that it uh, that has been a bright spot in the uh, New Japan. A 2023 calendar
3: this is the match i kind of hoped i mean something like it could have been the forbidden door match if you didn't have you know other things lined up for some of these guys i mean like i don't think anyone would have been disappointed with that
2: this was yeah. better than anarchy in the arena
3: i mean most things are yeah you know yeah. <laughs> no i agree i agree with i agree
1: with chris I, yeah. i'm not a big fan of those things but uh yeah it, it was uh, they were
2: a week apart and this was just a better match than the yeah Arena yeah match, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah which half the half the guys were in it
1: yeah and then suji you know the, the thing about suji that big debut and i think a lot of people felt let down that he didn't just go over because of the way that he was debuted uh and uh not yeah i guess history will tell us uh, eventually later but uh, they had a long-term idea for Suji that didn't involve him beating Sonata. It, it was strange to bring him in and then beat him right away, and then didn't get a lot of key wins early on in his career at all. So it was it was it was strange to debut him like that, and then his first couple months of his career it was a bit odd. I, I, I won't argue with it. Uh, I won't argue with people who do criticize that. But uh, in that moment, in that moment of Dominion when he first made himself known, and then the entrance of Dominion was, uh, was pretty damn exciting.
3: I just love highlighting someone who's coming back, right? You don't, you're not just tossing them back in. You're not pre-announcing it. You know, I think Suji could have been Danielson could have been anyone right for those Mm -hmm. vignettes and and all that. Um, But yeah, I love to throw one of the new guys or one of, you know, one of your own into a a really highlighted spot. And he's the only one that's come back. That's really gotten that, I guess. Shoto Amino sort of got it, you know, at the end of 2022 as well. Um, But not with a, iwgp world heavyweight title match that ended up being great
1: yeah that was the thing like the first couple minutes when he hit her first couple of moves the fosbury flop uh a couple other things that that he did uh everyone was just like oh my god like this this is this is not the young lion that we remember seeing when he was here and and he was good as a young lion but uh it was evident how much he had picked up uh in mexico and in england and uh that he has a charisma to him that is, that is very interesting. And I think he's going to be a, a big player throughout 2024 and then long beyond that. I, I, they've got something special with him. And, and really all the, the three Musketeers that I love that they're all very different. And really there's four of them. Cause I think way more yeah. is right in there that that three Musketeers thing is like the old administration's thing. And I, I'm not, I, I think there's really, there's four of them. I, I think there are, uh, I, I think there's like six of them. Well, well, Fuji, Fujita is Fujido Fujido
3: be I mean, like, really, <laughs> yeah. all these guys are. The come smart. up is is going to be bright for. They the are making basketball. some. They
1: are making some marks for sure. Fujita might end up being the best junior since Despi and Hiromu. Like, when they it, he might be better than the guys that have come since. Maybe, maybe. And then there are some good ones. That's not a knock on anybody that's been since, but he's really.
3: Good. If he slows down, bulk his bulk. I mean, he's getting. He's he's <laughs> he is, yeah. he's pretty cut. If, yeah, he could, yeah, if he if yeah, he grows yeah. an inch or two, he's a heavyweight. Because <laughs> heavyweight's right. not heavyweight's not a weight class; it's a height class in in New yes, Japan. That's, yeah, that's, that is true. Yeah.
1: We'll
2: touch on Forbidden Door, but it's kind of the bizarro world of New Japan booking for one night. We had yeah, yeah. MDF defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in an AEW World Title match. That's Owen Hart Foundation tournament <laughs> quarterfinal. CM Punk defeated Satoshi Kojima. Which
1: is a- the one the sucker? Oh, you that was, was great. That, Sonata <laughs> and Perry. Is that what you're talking about?
3: Okay. What would you say? I'm sorry, which was uh, the one that Punk stuck, Chris? Right?
1: Punk
2: defeated oh, I, Kojima.
3: I thought MJF and Tanahashi was, was kind of a lame No, I was not good at all. No, no. I wasn't good at all. No. But, and, but, uh, Punk and Kojima...
2: Like, he, was, he was hurting. You could watch... I predicted Tosh, that. It, like, that was, was my sleeper pick. Time.
1: When we were doing the preview for that, I just said Kojima and Punk are going to be great. Like, that, that was, that, was that great. Goes,
3: yeah. And honestly, like- Co- uh, Punk got a elbow to the balls and... I mean, Kojimo is just the perfect person for that to happen because he's he's so subtly he's so funny. About it, he's yeah. Saying, like, yeah. and he's you know he's like everyone loves him. what's not purpose, to like? Right? Yeah, and it's just like, and eventually, like I don't even think he realized he did it until he saw it on Twitter like three days huh? later. And then he was like, "Oh, I'm very sorry," or whatever. You know, like it's just like <laughs> Maybe couldn't we have break bread together. But you know what? Getting getting hit in the balls couldn't have happened to a better guy. <laughs> <laughs> we it's were also Satoshi day. Kojima I'll for a moment. <laughs> all-, <laughs>
2: all right, we got the international title match. Orange Cassidy defeated Garcia, Shibata, and Zach Tabor Jr. We had the IWGP World Heavyweight title match, which Sonata defeated Jack Berry. One of the only two matches in which AE or New Japan won uh, cleanly in this, <laughs> no with no AEW talent winning on the side. We had uh, a ten- not-
3: well Osprey wasn't the Navy AB- AEW talent at the No, time. no, yeah. I'm saying
2: no, we the only two. Like Sonata uh, and Osprey were the only New Japan winners that were like singles matches. The rest was all AEW winning. Uh,
1: that, that, that was the show though, where I started, I, I always doubted Sonata as a world champion. And I said, mm. I was, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, upper mid card, absolutely. But world champion and that match with Jack Perry kind of convinced me because to show up on that show in that situation and come up that small, Perry is not great. I'm not trying to make it up. He didn't, didn't have, have a. He didn't have a. Well, geez. Um, oh, we, we might have, have. We don't. We don't <laughs> oh, have time. Come on. We don't have time to get into that <laughs> shit. spooky. The, oh god. Um, yeah, I know. But the, <laughs> the the thing about Perry, he's not great in the ring, but he's good. But you know, but for Sonata to just come there and just kind of lay a boring egg like that, that was when I thought, I'm not sure this is the right spot for the guy. I don't so, know if you're the world champion.
3: I think that think about it this way i think about it this way the perception of sonata as the champion equals tony khan's willing to book him against jack perry yeah and no one higher right and yes jack perry had just come off of um the four pillars uh double or nothing match which was really good and it, it doesn't necessarily mean but where he is kind of in the you know the scale of AEW, this is the this was the level that tony khan was willing to put someone in the ring to lose to. So that's the mm. Western perception of Sonata as a champion. And it's, it's also, it, and uh, all there is
1: it's, to it. it's also fair to point out that Tony Khan still thinks it's 2017, 2018. Oh, <laughs> without a doubt. And though, <laughs> yeah, I don't and, think he's watched anything since because it's, Oh, uh,
3: Suzuki and Tanahashi, and all I'm like, dude, uh, like, <laughs> that's, yeah. And you know what? He's, he's a busy guy. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't think he's watching road to Don Taku, you no. know, like, and that's yeah, okay. Like, but yeah. Yeah. But and but I don't know that that would change where you would put Sonata in the kind of scale of things either. Yeah. Um, and which is you know, unfortunate, but unfortunately the truth, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All yeah, right, so we got the, uh, Jack we Perry is the like elite. the Sonata of AEW, but nowhere near as good of a wrestler. So pairing him was a nothing yeah, burger. that's that's <laughs> true.
2: That's a good point. We had the elite with Adam Page, the Jacksons, the Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston, and she defeated. Cassignoli, Buckley, Yuda, Takeshita, and Shota Umino. We oh, had Tony nice. Storm defeating Willow Nightingale. We had Will Ospreay defeating Kenny Omega in 39 minutes to 50 seconds. We had Darby Allen, Sting, and Naito defeating Minoru Suzuki and Chris Jericho and Simi Guevara. And then we had wow. Brian Danielson defeating Kazuchika Okada. I'm not going to say it now. I didn't like that Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada match.
1: Well, uh, yeah. That the injury happened, and they weren't able to do their the closing bit, you know, like there that was the one thing there wasn't the drama because they couldn't do all the near falls and the big moves because his his arm was busted, and they just had to do what they could do. Uh, so you know, they had to throw almost everything out the window. So imagine that some of the best stuff that Okada does are those big move twist and turn near falls and just uh, oh, Danielson suddenly wasn't physically capable of doing it. So they just kind of had to go home it, well, Yeah, we Hopefully all that'll get fixed on uh, Thursday.
3: Wasn't my, wasn't it's not what I would consider the worst wrestling match that I saw of the year, but it was my least favorite. If that makes sense. It was, like I was, the way the so, so I was so deflated by that match. It really, call it one of the most disappointing
2: up. matches for me personally. Yeah. I like, thought, uh,
3: I also think the pivot was awful. I think and I've said this everywhere I've been today. I this is not, you know, this not today, yesterday, whenever this whole week like everyone's talking about Danielson and Okada of course because that's the kind of western you know offer match for this year's mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom and I thought that their first match I don't think they could have a worse match than they did because the pivot Um, And how they handled the injury or really how Danielson handled the injury. It felt so panicked and it didn't feel very natural. It felt like he was panicked about communicating. Um, So he he created a space for himself to communicate, which I listen, I get it. That doesn't change that if I suspend my disbelief that that match sucked. Mm -hmm. So like that's that's all there is to it. So once I know, you know, obviously I know what happened. I have sympathy for wrestlers and injuries and I get it. Like I understand intellectually what happened. That doesn't change that. If I was watching it as if it were real, it was not entertaining and it was kind of off-putting and really yeah. kind of, I don't know. It really, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And I hope that I, I don't doubt that the way that that match ended is the reason they're doing Danielson and Okada again at the dome, because they've got to wash that taste out of the mouths.
2: Yeah. 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 All right, so we then moved on to the Independence Day shows. Uh, Some of the noteworthy things that happened here was Bullet Club War Dogs defeated Bishamon to win the Strong titles here. Court Congress and Jerome Maloney won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag title here. And then June Kasai made his New Japan debut alongside El Desperado to defeat Homicide and Moxley on night one of the Strong Independence Day tour. And then on night two... Julia defeated Willow Nightingale for the strong women's title reign. Bishamon defeated the War Dogs to retain the IWGP tag team titles. This is where Eddie Kingston defeated Kenta for his strong openweight title reign. And John Moxley defeated El Desperado here in one, also one of my favorite matches of the year.
1: Yeah, I, and I know that we, you and I, don't quite agree on that one. Just because I hate death matches, and I, mm-hmm. nothing I saw out well, of there, I hate death even, matches
2: too. But something about it looked like if they did it, at least they made it entertaining.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, and Moxley's real. Moxley is good. I like Moxley. I, I just hate death matches. So it, it's just one of those things that just it's not going to be to my taste right there. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there was some news out of that that brought us the you know the Eddie Kingston thing and the Julia thing. So yeah.
3: I no, thought these does. these shows were really fun because the the crowds in Korokan were like chanting like they were in America, um, a little bit. Yes, yeah. So and, and point, cheering yeah. and and doing things very Americanized. Can um, we get that was like a this is awesome chant, which does yeah, not happen in Japan, but we exactly, got one there. exactly exactly. Yeah. So like, and I thought that that was really it's very charming, I guess, and I I love that they that means that fan base was paying close enough attention. To kind of know what they could bring to the what they could bring to the show, Um, and you know, with that said, I think it was really fun, and I think just bringing Strong the brand to Corkin and then seeing the reaction, I think was really promising. Ironically, it was kind of it was almost like it was a swan song for Strong um, Mm -hmm. because we haven't really seen that level of attention or energy around those shows since. But it did. It it was a cool, fun. You know, two night event. It got some of my friends over there. It got Ian Riccoboni in into Japan and into Corkin yeah. Hall, which I thought was just like just some neat stories for some of these guys who had spent all that time, um, you know, doing the pandemic era strongs and then really trying to help build that brand in in America. And it was it was almost like a nice hat tip to that whole group flaming shark says the show felt different and Corkin was hot
1: i'd love them to do independence day again next year at and whether one night or two yeah well have, we'll have to see how it turns out depends on what the plans is for strong but if they're keeping strong around then i, I think it might be healthy i think it Absolutely. might be healthy because it was a different crowd yeah
2: I, nice. I will definitely say that when you are looking at the wrestle kingdom card those two met ma- those two cards were very consequential to the layout yeah. of what sure were set up for, for that's wrestle very kingdom. true yeah uh, very 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 important because we're trying to identify where all these things and how the setup is like in hindsight? Those independent day cards were pretty important. So, we got the G1 after that. We have all talked the G1 to death, one of the <laughs> most uh discussed things in the new Japan counter. So, we don't have to do too much on here. We all know 901, there were 32 people, there were eight blocks, uh, two four people blocks. advanced in each <laughs> one.
1: Right. it felt four like blocks. eight, but there were four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> eight, eight people in four blocks, two people advanced in each block, eight people in the in the post-block play, came down to Naito, he's facing Sonata. What was there other than if you watch the G1, you know the matches that you loved. There were, there were the iconic stories and, and all that. I will say personally for me, August was like one of the most personally difficult months. So for yeah. as much fun as G1 was, there was – it was a distraction for some totally stuff that Conway knows about, but uh, we've all probably had stuff going on around that time. of was just like hard to focus on G1, but man, uh, it was, it was a good times. And yeah, it was bittersweet that I had won that G1 bracket thing. Cause I had no opportunity to really focus on it at the time with what was oh, going yeah. on
3: in my life. Yeah. Totally bittersweet. Totally well true. my my match of the year came from the G1. So sure. and 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 it it does parallel some of what we had sort of just talked about with Danielson and Okada, but my match of the year is uh, Will Ospreay versus Tetsuya Naito in the semifinals of the G1 because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a masterful finish by really both guys, but Will Ospreay. Ospreay. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that if you compare the two, right? both matches had both that match and okada danielson had this kind of catastrophic event happen towards the end and the way will osprey and naito handled theirs versus the way okada and danielson handled theirs is night and day to me and the way osprey as the loser of the match um carried naito in by paying deference to him really and by 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 being by giving himself the frickin destino really when it comes down to it like that to me was such a beautiful display of of what pro wrestling is and what it can be and and how you do it is it is not a dance it is something totally different it is something that you may not have your dance partner along for the ride but you still have to get your dance partner where they where they need to end the dance you know so um I to think, collaborative
2: cooperation is, is
3: the way it, that i was like trying to describe it totally and and you know a guy like osprey who has wrestled around the world with all sorts of different people and is familiar with how you can communicate when you don't speak the same language in the context of a wrestling ring and we all heard it right i mean you go back and listen to the end of that match and you've got chris charlton trying to cover for it but like we all heard it and it's just it's such a beautiful thing and i'm sure some people will take it off their list because uh, they went through an injury and potentially a head injury and da 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 right like i don't care i don't care about any of that to me this match was quintessentially what the the beauty of pro wrestling was right in front Mm -hmm. of us and That to me is the difference between the best wrestler in the world, Will Ospreay, and the 1A best wrestler in the world, Brian Danielson. Because Ospreay's got all that experience still talking, still working with people that he he can work with someone who speaks Spanish, who speaks Japanese, and he doesn't have to stop the match because he needs to communicate that he's hurt or that someone's hurt. And I think that that is so honorable. And the fact that Will Ospreay didn't even just look at it as an opportunity to get himself over, he looked at it as an opportunity to be sure that he got Naito over in that match. And I think it was just, it was incredible. And then Naito carries that over to the G one final where he then beats Kazuchika Okada, but sells a head injury for the first little bit of the match and acts all loopy and unstable. And like, I think that that's brilliant too. I mean, when life gives you lemons, right, you got to roll with it. And Naito is one of those guys that, you know, he's been actually shoot injured many times, you know, enough times to know how to how to make a lemonade out of something that probably sucks. So at <laughs> uh, the end of this tournament, the you know that we all know the doldrums of the the mid the middle mm-hmm. of the G1, it, it's tough, right? If you're trying to watch everything, even if you're just watching the tournament matches, it's a challenge um but i liked the knockout stage this year i liked that there were a couple rounds of knockouts and you know i don't know if that's what i want to see going forward but i liked it as kind of a novelty this year um i love a a classic two block one guy advances g1 but this was fun
2: it felt like we had a ballooning roster and a lot of extra people but i don't know if we're gonna have that capacity going forward you know if it's if it's like if it's down to two brackets, or if it's still four and it sits instead, or something, I could just—I just, just kind of see that with the scheduling and all that. I don't know, but it was a fun G one. I don't say it was my favorite G one of all time, sure. but I yeah. think for uh the matches that you listed in the reasons, like it gave weight and deference to the Wrestle Kingdom main event, which is ultimately the goal of the G one. So we then went on to uh, Destruction in Kobe, Destruction in Ryugoku, and Royal Quest. So let's go through these. Yeah, Bolt so now we're,
3: we're, we're at the part of the year we can probably buzz through pretty quickly. Yeah, we, do, we no, remember so.
2: most of this a little bit easier, so uh, it'll be quick. Uh, Bullet Club beat uh, Kevin Knight Tiger Mask. Let's see. Chaos defeated... Uh, Show defeated Taichi. Bishamon defeated TMDK. Shingo Takagi degre- defeated Great Khan. Naito defeated Jeff Cobb for the IWGP Heavyweight Title Contendership. And Will Ospreay defeated Yoda Suji, which was a tremendous match in and of itself. Ryogoku, let's see what we had here. Bullet Club defeated the Jet Setters, Kevin Knight and Kushida. Uh, Wato, Umino, and Nagata uh it was the final of the best of seven here defeated strong style speaking of strong style uh this was where the gorillas of destiny defeated bolt club war dogs for the strong openweight title uh motor city machine Gun josh alexander fell to the never openweight title uh champions of tanahashi okada and Ishii. tamatanga defeated david finley here for the never openweight title Hiromu Takahashi defeated Mike Bailey and Yo in Ryogoku, and Sonata defeated Evil to end that. Degr-
3: you know what else that ended? Ryogoku ended Kevin Kelly's time in, in, with New Japan. This oh, true. man. So the, yeah. the, the, pour one
2: out for Kevin Kelly.
3: Pour one out for Kevin. His last match that he called was Sonata versus Evil. And <laughs> you know what? There's something poetic about that. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, hat tip to Kevin. Obviously, yeah. he kind of brought me into this world in in a, in a way. Um, so, but yeah, you know, sad, sad that that's the last match that he uh, he will have called, I guess, officially as the the voice <laughs> of New Japan. Um, very true. So, but you know, I I'll, I like to give him a <laughs> I poke Love about that little that.
2: footnote. I don't know why I just do. Uh, all right, so we got Royal Quest three. Uh, Ishimori defeated Robbie F. El Desperado defeated Trent Seven. Yoda Suji defeated Luke Jacobs, who we might be seeing more of in New Japan in 2024. Bolt yeah. Club War Dogs defeated Cameron Kai and Leon Slater. Gorilla's of Destiny defeated Bolt Club War Dogs. Ren Narita and Shorumino defeated the United Empire, to tease us of the great tag team that was not to be. Uh, LIJ defeated Just Five Guys. Eddie Kingston, Tanahashi, and Michael Oku defeated the United Empire. Shingo Takagi defeated Tohiro Ishii in an absolutely fantastic match and then Will Osprey defeated Zap Saber Jr. and was also an absolutely fantastic match.
3: Good finish to that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the cool and the Osprey, the Osprey hat tip goodbye tour continued. one last one last which
2: we all remember how that went with everybody and uh we got our uh, matches set for Wrestle Kingdom there. I'll get to that in just one second. But we did have an event that Steven went to. The Fighting Spirit Unleashed in Las Vegas. Uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Hanare. Shiga Takagi defeated Tamatonga for an weight title change. And Julia defeated Hayang.
3: So that was probably the on those? aside from I guess Battle in the Valley, that was probably the best America show, US show this year, right? I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I thought it was a pretty strong show. I really enjoyed that one too.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah was, and I was good. all I've heard is that the people in the building in Vegas had a great time.
1: Yes, yeah, they did. Uh, I was, you know, I was. I'm happy to say that I was among them right there. And that that yeah. was a really nice. That was a really fun show. Uh, I remember that Alex Zane and Lance Archer had a hell of a match. The, the uh, against uh, I guess that would have been Hikuleo and an ELP. In that one, if I'm remembering right, because mm-hmm. I went to the I went to that one and I went to Lone Star Shootout. So sometimes I can flake. Matches. Lone
2: Star Shootout was the most bizarre card I've seen in New Japan in a while. It was With, uh, Joey Janela and Toro Yano. Oh. That, that was on there. <laughs> dream,
3: dream match, again.
2: baby. Dream yeah, match. Night Although got Sabre Jr. versus Mike Bailey was. That was great. pretty was there, tremendous yeah. match. And uh, Shingo Takagi and Trent Beretta was uh, did not get enough love and attention, uh, but it was very, very, very.
1: That was the, that was weird. I, that that was a weird show because I remember sitting there in Las Vegas. And when, you know, we just seen this really good match where Shingo beats uh, Tom Batonga for the never open way title, the lights go out. We're like, who's going to be the challenger and Trent Beretta. Trent. Trent Beretta. Who is okay. a great wrestler. But just but, not pushed at all at the moment. That, yeah.
3: Like, just, and, but, you know, you know, who books, well, who influences the booking of strong is yeah. best friends, baby so that's, that's it's good that was it was a good match it was a objectively good match but yeah no yeah, well, um was it exciting no you know and, and also had one and i gotta say trent Levy, but uh
1: one of one of the worst blade jobs ever like like <laughs> yeah. i've never seen someone just oh here in front let me just unwrap this thing and now the tab isn't working that i put under there we go now i got a blade yeah you know that was what it looked like to the it was the most blatant thing i'd seen since new jack it was rough <laughs>
2: Flaming Sharks, uh, Shingo and Trent was cool, just not a main event match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And Thank you. Mayu and Vector was
3: cool. See, to me, that Blame was the Sharks thing. I got to see Mayu. PSJ we in yeah. 2024,
2: 20, you cowards.
3: No more. I I, I was talking about that with somebody else. Yeah. Um. Zach is primed for, I mean, a, a rocket. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I... I don't know if Tanahashi is the right move on the Wrestle Kingdom to to get the belt off of him, but I think you got to get the belt off of him so he could go after the big, the big, the big title. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, there's,
3: yeah. There's, there are a couple it's, of guys
1: it, like that. That could It's time.
2: A... Yeah. It's now time. that we've decompressed all that, we're going to jump on these uh, things that you brought forth here. End of year statistics series. Number of single match leaders. Scott Sabre Jr. wrestled in 30 New Japan single matches this year. 28 of these matches were tournament or title matches. And Zack Sabre Jr. bolstered his New Japan schedule with 12. Chris, I'm sure you know the rest of this, but these are all your statistics. Thank you for providing them to the world. Yeah. Do, uh, any interesting things that you have to add to this one?
3: Not that one in particular, um, but Zach wrestling in 30 singles matches just in New Japan is a lot. And then you kind of add in everything he did outside of New Japan, which was not, um, not a small amount. So he's you know he's been the guy he's kind of been the ambassador for for new japan you know aside from osprey but Osprey's is kind of representing himself at this point and, and zach i think is still carrying the flag
2: and of the 30 matches he won 23 of them
3: yeah big i mean how do you lose right when you're the champ but <laughs> yes um yeah i mean like that's that's huge and when you when you look back Throughout the years. I mean, you gotta go all the way back to 2010, where you find someone who won as many singles matches in a in a calendar year as Zack Saber Jr. do did this year. And you find Satoshi Gojima with 26. And you know, as you go further back into history, you got some guys with like a ton, a ton, a ton of singles wins, but that's when they were having a ton, a ton, a ton of singles matches. So um, you know, to to have someone like Zack Saber Jr. knock out twenty three victories in a in a in a year just in New Japan, is pretty impressive. And I I'm really hopeful that that is a sign of things to come.
2: I mean, you're looking at this, and you got to keep in mind, for people who are listening, not watching, David Finley has 14 wins. Will Osprey has 14 single wins. Naito has 14. Okada has 11. And Zach Saber Jr. has 23. So that's the magnitude in which that's how viable he's been. Yeah.
4: Yeah, they did lean on that TV have
2: the Iron Men of New Japan. We got uh, Shingo Takagi with 7 hours, 25 minutes, and 55 seconds. Then, the Sabre Jr., with 6 hours, 45 minutes, and 3 seconds, that has a lot to do with the fact that his TV title has a 15-minute time limit. Yep. Uh, otherwise, he would be blowing everybody out of the water. Uh, Will Ospreay is 6 hours, 36 minutes, 42 seconds. And then, the uh, the flag bearer, is trailing 5 hours, 57 minutes, 37 seconds. He gets his business done early as champion.
3: Well, a lot of Sonata's work was G one, and they changed the G one time limit to twenty minutes. So that mm. that did sort of shrink shrink that down. Honestly, this year with Shingo was a light year. He's probably he's probably feeling like he relaxed. I mean, in yeah. twenty 2020, twenty in twenty twenty one, the man put in ten hours and twenty minutes of of singles match length. So I mean, that's um, that's that's impressive. Seven and seven and a half ain't ain't nothing to scoff at, but. Um, yeah I mean that he's he's the guy and and that's the other thing is shingo shingo shows up and he gives a lot and a lot of this happened early in the year i you know if I'm really remembering correctly some of these are those long k o p w matches the long match with hanare and and some of that other stuff um but i mean that it all counts right so mm-hmm. I mean ultimately like the the modern record for singles ring time is 2019 with Will Osprey at 11 hours and 21 minutes um which was you know if if you really think about it was almost as impressive as Will Osprey's 2023 because he was mm-hmm. in every new Japan singles tournament like he's just all over the place um So, but yeah, I mean, ring time stuff is always fascinating to me because I do think it represents like the true athleticism of these wrestlers and, Mm -hmm. you know, Shingo being able to, you know, kind of top this list twice over the course of actually, yeah, twice over the course of three years is, is pretty impressive. I think he's going to end up
1: being like another Ishii where, you you know, where he's just going to be the guy that always gives you a great match. And I think eventually for the same reasons Ishii got into the observer hall of fame, I think in a few years, Shingo will as well for basically, it's very same, very similar concept. Just a guy that you can always put in, always get a great match. And uh, you know, that's going to be a function that he's going to be very valuable for new Japan for a while. Absolutely.
2: All right. Now we have the womp womp division. The New Japan single match loss leaders in 2023. Coming in in a four-way tie, we have Great Khan, Kevin Knight, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Bushi. Immediately after that, we have, with nine losses, and with eight, we have got Kenta, Clark Connors, Doki, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii. There is... Powering groups, apparently. So uh, what's the takeaway from this other than these are the guys just doing the business?
3: Yeah, I mean, Ocon stands out on this because um, part of that is you have to have the opportunity to lose nine singles matches, um, which is the positive side of that. But the, the negative side of it is that you're eating a bunch of losses. And for Ocon's case, it was, again, mostly during the G1. Um, but he didn't really offset that at any other time of the year. So... Mm-hmm um you know it, it it sort of is what it is right now um but i know a lot of people point to O'Connor as a guy that they hope gets you know some sort of push soon um but i you know i don't know that i i don't i don't see it like i don't see it in the booking pattern i see it in the talent i see it in my enjoyment of him i see it in in his charisma but in the in the patterns i don't see those I don't see the trajectory for him yet. The elevation Normally, to the next Yeah, level, and usually like, you after. can kind of point to something like, yeah, he lost a bunch, but there's no but right now you for October. You're, right?
2: you're just watching him do the work yeah, or yeah. not do the not move anywhere, just run in place.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, we
2: have made it to our main event, gentlemen. And it's time to hit up the Wrestle Kingdom. Lineup Guard. for the Wrestle Kingdom. The Rambo is the main event. Nice. Oh, we're starting at the bottom, guys. <laughs> we got we got we got to make our way to the the grand finale the right way. So we got the Rambo starting off. We're gonna have what over the top rope pin submission any way to uh, lose this match, and then the final four move on to uh, New Year Dash. Is
1: that? Yeah. Yes. I mean? Yeah, that's the thing. And like you said, if you're in favor, wrestler is not on this card, they'll be in this match. And uh, it was, I. I we don't know which way they're going to go with it, but I still feel like, uh, you know, Coglin kid uh, could be a face that we'll see probably in new year's dash in there. They, they seem like naturals for that. Uh, and I think there will be a little bit of presence from uh, 2023 in there as well. Just try to give it a little bit of legitimacy, uh, whether that's Taiichi or whatever, uh, you know, involved in the new year's dash match, but uh, I'm hoping kind of Taichi is moving on to other things. I like that. This is something that people can do for a year and, bring a little bit of variety and then move on to something else. So that mm-hmm. I, I think it would be a good way to use the, the KOPW to bring uh, s- some of those more, you know, like those violent bullet club guys that I think it, they could do something interesting with it. That's
3: what I'm hoping for. I think I'm seeing on this graphic for the first time, that's a different belt up in the top right corner. No, that's not the blue no, belt. No, it, it looks different. I think that looks different, but I mean, uh, I don't, I don't remember the eagle thing on the top right the that's nice. what i you, yeah that's what i mean hmm. that's interesting so maybe maybe they're doing a new belt every year because it's uh you know that's kind of how the kopw works it was a trophy for a moment a very adorable <laughs> trophy that thing got trashed boy. it was, it was very cute oh. though um trophies yeah, don't, I,
1: don't last long with lij remember they had to redo <laughs> the junior heavyweight title because uh naito was
3: hazing aroma <laughs> Uh I, I don't think those trophies are made to last in general. Um <laughs> trophies in pro wrestling don't have a healthy history. No.
1: <laughs> no, no trophies no. and cakes, sheet cakes. Bad news, bad news if, in wrestling. Listen, if it comes the out Rambo of a
2: cake, always is the match <laughs> of like I hope it exceeds my expectations. but it's usually just there. It's fun. But uh the it's problem not a Royal Rumble. The it,
3: problem it, it with is. the Rambo is that if you wake up for it, you're gonna have like a twenty minute to a half hour lull i know you guys are west coast right so you guys are just sure. staying up probably um no. i don't know I'm, I'm in austin i'm saying that's time right you you s- gotcha. s- you're s- yeah 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 um so you know the pain of, of yes. like waking up <laughs> watching the rambo and then being like what do i do for yes. 20 minutes to stay awake <laughs> yeah otherwise i'm gonna lose all momentum so that's sure. that's my only real issue with the rambo i wish they would just plop it right at the beginning but it is what it is that gets people into the building um and, and and it is fun. I hope I just always hope for some sort of fun surprise and in recent years the Rambo hasn't really delivered on that. So, and especially with the kind of the clunky ending of the final four and all that like yeah. I don't know. I I kind of wish it would move away from that format, but I, I like just make the Rambo for the KOPW and and start it off. I think right. that would be a that would be a better way to go about it, a little bit more of a climax to that match. Um, but you know, it is It is what it is, and it's ultimately unimportant.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
3: And uh, yeah, let's see. Uh,
1: the Flaming Shark just said he'd like to see Coughlin get it. Uh, Venkan Bjorn is saying I, I'm surprised we haven't gotten the Kid-Eddie match announced maybe tomorrow when Eddie wins Triple Crown. Uh, well, who knows? But uh, they're also just mentioning that they don't...
2: I could see that wait. They, they wait, they wait yeah, for okay. shows
1: to happen before they uh, make post-Wrestle Kingdom stuff official. So. I could right.
2: definitely see Kid Stin and Kid at San Jose or something like that.
3: Sure. Yeah, San Jose would be I, I think that's where I would plop that and it, it's that's they'll do it again. They had a good match already, I think. Um, yeah. so I, yeah. yeah, let's run it back. So here we go. Uh, the we junior go
1: tag championship, uh, the Francesco Akira and TJP, who is apparently being resurrected after uh, ending up in the coffin in uh, the first ever coffin match in new Japan history against uh, Clark, Connors and Drilla Maloney. My thoughts on this one are that it could go either way. I mean, either tag team winning would be, would be fine here. Uh, You know, I guess the real question is, is, is TJP coming back in a new character? Is this going to be some sort of, uh, is this going to turn into some sort of gimmick that he, uh, I I keep hearing rumors, but I, I would rather not have that so much, but we'll see. It'll be a good match either way because these four are, are excellent together. So,
3: and a classic opener for Wrestle Kingdom, right? Yeah. Like that's this is what you do. You put the junior heavyweight tag titles out for match number 1 and they go balls to the wall and they, you know, they walk to the back and say, "All right, do your thing." And it's like top us, right? So Yeah. Um I love both of these teams though. I think that and they they do you know TJP's been around obviously in various states for a long time but you know the other three are some of the future of new Japan I I hope and um you know I think they've all got uh, they've all got something to prove
2: is Clark the first of the LA dojo
1: guys to make it to the proper Wrestle Kingdom card um yeah I suppose so isn't it because I mean well the the uh
3: yeah because uh Fredericks never did did he no, did Kevin Knight? I don't think so. No, because it, it, that would have had. To I think be this last, might be it. Year. it uh. Might be.
2: I'm not gonna declare it. I was gonna say I don't want to say that too definitively. This is the first of those LA Dojo guys to make it to the to the proper Wrestle Kingdom card trained under Shibata. There
1: you go. All right. What's after That's this all right. one? Oh, ah, Tanahashi
2: versus that Saber Jr.
1: <laughs> so I, I'm more intrigued by when Tanahashi is going to address the crowd as president. I don't know if that could be like leading off the show or whatever, but uh, Tanahashi and Zach, I, Tanahashi would be a strange choice to be the television champion. Although I totally agree with Chris that it's getting on toward time where Zach goes off and moves up and challenges for bigger titles. Uh, so, but I don't know if Tanahashi's the guy that takes it off of him.
3: But but my thing is Tanahashi would then be a conduit to get it to Suji Yumura, Narita, you know. I mean, Narita feels like the right play at that point because he's sort of the opposite and Tanahashi is such a representative of the company now. I mean, not that he wasn't before, let's be honest. He's always been the ambassador. True. But, you know, I think that that's... It could get Narita back into that picture or Narita in a new you know or zach retains and narita's the challenger too because um you know a year later he's he's a different guy right and i yeah, think that that's yeah. that could be an interesting play too i do i would love to see this bounce somehow into the that kind of young blood space what
2: if yeah uh, what if the winner of yuya Urimura and yoda got the winner of this match
3: i think they're gonna have something else to do All right then. Yeah, the other thing is, I'm just
1: wanted to point out this is exactly the right opponent for Hiroshi Tanahashi. He doesn't have to fly, he doesn't have to jump. It can be a lot of stuff on the ground, and it's it's got the even without the 15 minute time limit, Zach is a phenomenal opponent. Well, he's a great wrestler, but Hiroshi Tanahashi can then have a good match where he doesn't have to tax his knees that much. And we've all seen bad knee Tanahashi can be a little painful to watch. This is exactly the right showcase for tanahashi at this stage i think
3: they've also got such a deep history that there's so much to work with um you know in the in sense of callbacks and in a sense of timing and pacing like they've got 11 singles matches together under their belts and only two or less than 15 minutes so we're gonna get a different match also which i think is is kind of a that's a nice kind of hat tip to this like long-standing rivalry too all right
2: we got being of Yoda Suji versus Uemura, Yu- the uh, special singles match that we got here. What do you guys
3: got? I'm thrilled that this is on the card. Just dropping this match onto the card just like totally changed kind of my vision of of this show. So super stoked. I'm stoked that it's Uemura's Yu- first singles match that they held on to that uh, first singles match since coming back, and obviously Tsuji's been Tsuji's been tremendous. So I'm really excited. These guys, again, another really, really, really long history with each other. Um, I, You know, uh, they started their careers, essentially, with 21 draws against each other. So mm-hmm. if two guys are ever going to know each other in the ring as well as these two, I'd like to see it because these guys have spent some time wrestling each other very early in their careers, and they're going to be generational rivals. We're going to look back at this match in five, ten 10, 15 years when they're doing it again in the dome at a much higher spot on the card. And we're going to point back to this match and be like, damn, we were there. You know, we were, we were, we were talking about new Japan when these guys were getting their first taste of the Tokyo Dome as proper roster members. So thrilled that they went this direction. I wish they would have gone this direction with Narita and Amino too, but I totally understand trying to get some other guys on the card too. But Mm -hmm. um, this is the match I'm most looking forward to because I think it's going to tell us the most about where we're headed.
1: Yeah, and and the story is the same whichever way they go with it. Uh, Whoever beats the other... The other's not. The story is going to be that the other can't sleep at night until they get the win back. Period. Right. And so th- it's this is the first chapter in a long story. Between, well, not even the first, but it, we're early in this book. And uh, the, but the whole thing is the other one's just going to be driven wild by the fact that they lost mm-hmm. to the other. Either way it goes, so I'm I'm up for either one. Let's just have a good one.
2: Chris, do you get the sense that this match was always planned for Wrestle Kingdom, or that they kind of pivoted to it and made it happen, but it wasn't always going to be this?
3: Uh, this is what I've believed was the path all along um, okay. for these two. I, yeah, you know, sure. I think Uemura sort of teased, you know, wanting to go through um, just five guys and that that didn't really pan out. And once they once they didn't really run with that, um, I think this was uh, this was the play all along. And then once they started to have some interactions, it was just so clear to me um and i'm i'm I couldn't be more excited because is my guy like he's he's the guy that I put all my chips in with um when he was a young lion, and Suji is the guy that I've seen grow. So I'm so excited to see them both in these positions to you know maybe take the reins i mean yeah. if you if you think back to when Okada came back, his first singles match was a undercard wrestle kingdom match against Yoshihashi. Right. And then he came out in the Rainmaker Shock and all. And, you know, the rest is quite literally history. Um, Are they going to reboot the Rainmaker Shock with you, Amura? I, that seems too cheeky. um, But I'm not ruling it out. <clears throat> there was a part
2: of me right now that made me think. And there is an outside like 5% chance this happens. But the whole Zandekin, uh wanting to be a part of LIJ, but him being like a Yoda Suji recruit and not a Naido recruit. And if Yoda Suji were to win this match and he were to potentially be the guy to challenge Naido at the roll call for a match uh, after winning this match, that could harken back to some of that Okada, like. Young gun making an impact uh after Yoshihashi, and I don't think that would happen, but there's certainly a possibility that the way that the card is laid out that it could yeah, yeah, all right, that's one
1: Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! No. yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, so. So we have a setup for this one, of course, at the new year as well, where these guys are going to be involved. But Shoto Umino, Kato Kiyomiya, and against Evil and Ren Narita. Of course, all of this is to give us the tease of Umino and Narita. I would imagine that they're they're going to certainly get their hands on each other. I'd imagine that Narita is going to do everything he can to Umino from getting his hands on him for a while and continue to tell that story. Uh, I think there are bigger plans ahead for Kiyomiya in new Japan and in more prominent spots than this. So this is uh, reminding us that he's there more than anything else and keep him, keep this guy in mind. Uh, but, you know, Omino and Narita is going to be one of the major stories of 2024. And I think this is just going to be the little tease. I'd imagine there'll probably be something hook and crook uh, to, uh, to get the wind probably for uh, the house torture group, just to keep them hot and things. But uh I I'm curious to see how Kiyomiya looks in this. And then, uh, but I really think we're just going to get teased about Omino and Narita, uh, do you think so, Chris, or am I uh, reading that wrong?
3: No. Yeah. I think that that's the thing to carry over. Right. I think that's, hmm. that's the long game here. Kiyomiya is this guy. Again, you just want to remind that he's around. I don't know what the hell's going on with Kiyomiya. He's working everywhere. He's working dragon gate. He's working yeah. Noah. He's working. He's working new Japan. He's flying to the U S when Mudo's coming over. He's, you know, he's still, you know, probably hanging out with KG Mudo. Like he's really, he's playing the field and, you know, good on him, but he doesn't, he still doesn't really mean anything to me. Um, So I, you know, I think, I think a lot of people see a lot more in him than I do and that's fine. Like I I'll see it when I see it, but um, you know, I think, to me the story of this match is umino and narita and the shame is that um the discourse around this match is going to be about evil and that seems silly to me yeah like flaming shark says house of torture has
1: real heat and momentum for once they probably want to keep them and narita rolling so satisfaction feels like it's really going somewhere for once
3: yeah when i saw this match get added i was like oh of course like of course Mm -hmm. right because you had to Mm -hmm. get kind of a not necessarily just Rennerita, but a House of Torture match onto the card because Evil are... not
2: being on Wrestle Kingdom with huge, glaring omission. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So this scene, it felt so obvious once once it happened, but I was just I think my my hope had gotten in the way that we were going to do both of the special singles matches with the four yeah. young guys, just as a as a as a reboot type thing or like just something to point back to. But either way, I think these are still going to be the kind of the, this is potentially a little bit of that generational rivalry piece again, too. Um, like, kind of, you know, people people are saying in the chat, like Shoto Amino and Ren Narita is very much the very much good versus evil, whereas Suji and Yumura are both kind of um, playing the tweener. Role yeah. so like that that's kind of your new scale for New Japan right like evil is renderita good is shoto Amino and everything else happens in between and you know I think that's a, that's a good scale to play with you've got a lot to work with
2: so you you were you touched on something about how the discourse is gonna be about evil when this match is gonna be about Amino Nar- Narita so I told you about the last match that five percent probability thing that i thought might happen this i have more like a 75 percent probability that i think evil is winning the match and then sure. challenging Nido afterwards for uh, like the iwgp uh as the first little feud to kind of move forward i don't yeah. want it to happen but i feel like all the cards are kind of there that it might
3: i see I that's thought, not that's not how I see it. I don't think evil's in the, They just did evil, right? They just did evil. They did, but with I know, and, but that's and enough. Naito, <laughs>
2: Naito lost <laughs> the title to evil in his last week.
3: Yes. And he won it back. So I'm yes. curious
2: if they they attack that a little
3: bit. I think there's two options for the end of Wrestle Kingdom Challenger. And and this is under the assumption that Tetsuya Naito is the winner right i I'm, I'm i'm not entertaining other options right, right. Um, for the main event <laughs> but i think i think the two options are the winner of yumura and suji is the mm-hmm. first challenger or shingo takagi is the first challenger interesting so okay. because if,
2: th- if he if he loses the title you're going to have a challenge for IWGP
3: yes cuz that's okay. exactly what kenta did in 2020 that's true right. the the only other the only other argument that makes
1: sense for either narita or evil or someone from house of torture to which would be the only two from House of Torture that could really challenge is that they would just want that first Naito title defense to be pure babyface Naito yeah. with 100% of the crowd behind him against somebody who's like, okay, there's no way that asshole's winning the title, so at least we're going to see our guy Naito get a win yeah. here sure. before it's you it's know and before they start match. dividing the crowd. That's sure. the argument I saw for that that did make sense, but uh, you know there there are a lot of options. There are a lot of very interesting options for that first defense. My,
2: my your feeling- suggestions are far more interesting than evil but i feel like evil is a safe like yeah there's there's certainly
3: there's certainly something there i think that um i think that because the main event is not the match it's the roll call yes i i think it might make sense for someone who's already in the ring to be the challenger Mm -hmm. right so and that's where suji and uh Shingo come into play and Shingo is the only guy that didn't get a shot at Sonata yeah
1: that's true yeah very interesting
2: speaking of Shingo hey
1: there he is uh you know this match wasn't uh, on my radar for the never open way title and I'm not sure it was on New Japan's either it was uh, <laughs> this it, it's one of those things uh Chris that for weeks uh, well, maybe weeks might be an exaggeration, but for a, lo- a while out a- in post-match comments, Shingo and Yoda Suji openly talked about teaming together for world tag league. And that's not usually something that happens by accident. It's not usually that the guys are going into business for themselves. And then suddenly they were talking about that for a while. Like, oh, well, Suji and I world tag league and Suji would come on and he just, you know, just, Shingo and I, and then it suddenly goes to Shingo winning this thing from Tama Tonga in Las Vegas Zondokan comes in, not complaining about Zondokan. No, That's great. Was yeah, he was terrific. But uh, I, I'm just it, going right back to Tamatanga and Shingo Takagi, which had just happened in Vegas here in the Dome. It's uh, the whole never open weight title trajectory this year has been uh, seems to just be a series of zigs and zags, more than a straight line to me. To me, anyway.
3: Uh, agreed. I was I was surprised that this is where they headed. I was surprised that Shingo wasn't on World Tag League for all the same reasons. Um, I think there's two things that may be at play here. Either there's some sort of situation where we had to get someone in this match onto the card because of something mm-hmm. contractual or, or mm-hmm. just, you know, cost efficiency, or um, there's some sort of plan for the, the post-match. Um, yeah. You know, some sort of plan that they like have access to someone to make an appearance or else kingdom. That's not a match. So, You know, whether that affects Tamatango or Shingo Takagi, I'm not sure. But, you know, you got to you got to figure by the end of this match or by the end of the show, at least you understand we have some understanding of why they went back to this match. And if we don't, then I have to believe that it's something totally behind the scenes that um, just doesn't necessarily add up on to, to something on screen.
1: Yeah, no, that's a fair
3: point. Yeah, that. and it, it could be just a flat-out angle alert. So <laughs> we'll see. I've yeah, it could well be. I've
2: it... this joke a couple of times, but this is like the true end of the G one with the C block here, know, yeah. over and over and over, and it has to end before the main event of Wrestle Kingdom.
3: You it can't... could be <laughs> one of it. Just it might be one of those situations where it's a something big for Shingo afterwards, and and yeah. it's someone interesting, or Tama, I guess. But I mean, I think Shingo is probably the more interesting um the more interesting man at play there and they were just like all right well let's bounce it over to shingo we'll do a rematch at wrestle kingdom and then boom whatever the situation is 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 what it is Mm -hmm. like i said i think i hope after this match or after the show as a whole we understand why they went this direction and oftentimes with new japan that is how it works
1: yeah i i I would not break my heart if nakajima came out and challenged after that Just (laughs) just wouldn't break my heart
2: and the uh the two of the one two punch of Gorillas of Destiny. We got Hikileo and El Fantasmo against Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi for the IWGP Tag Championship and the Strong Openweight Tag Championship. This is not a merging of the title. Yeah, I was going to
3: say, though, not a unification, unfortunately. Not a
2: merging. They'll just be walking around to two titles each, much like uh, other tag champions and other promotions that are on TV do so from time to time. So. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we had these guys on the show last week. It was a totally fun interview. Uh, please check that out if you get a chance in our archives. But uh, what do you guys have thoughts about this?
3: I was going to say all. All I can really say is, if you saw the World Tag League final, how can you not be generally excited for this match? Because that was such a tremendous match, and they they really, um, they really, really, really put themselves on the radar as a as a great you know, collaborative, you know, foursome here. Mm-hmm. So, but we know they're not going to get that much time. I mean, they broke records. Yeah, they're that not match. getting 40 minutes. They're not getting uh... 40 minutes, right? Maybe you get 20, but probably you're getting 15. Yeah. But I think, I mean, Bishamon is about as good as, it's about as good as you can get as a tag team. And I am a, I'm a massive fan of El Fantasmo, And I think yeah. Hikaleo is, as. He's really grown this year, and they, he's had the opportunity to do that. You know how
2: I feel about Hikawao. Sure, you, you know that I'm not like find find a promotion that loves a big man like Hikawao, like New Japan seems to want to throw him in the post brackets of every tournament. In
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's but it's worked. It's gotten him to the yeah. point where he's kind of again, he's credible, he's believable, he's a plausible challenger. So I think. You know, I think this is it's going to be fun. And honestly, like, I don't know exactly which way it's going to go. But, you know, what I will say is that let me let me do some counting here for a moment. Um, I think it's the last 11 times that the IWGP Tag Team Championship has been defended at the Tokyo Dome. It has changed hands. So if that's not a tell, I I don't know what is. is The
2: the the only thing they're going to change hands either way.
3: Well, that no, the the IWGP. I'm talking specifically about the IWGP. Yeah, yeah, that it (laughs) always changes hands at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, the the only way reason they would go away for
1: that is we were talking about how we believe, and like I said, without it, it's not like we're flies on the wall inside the offices. But we thought they were trying to build the tag team division around Aussie Open, and then Aussie Open got taken away. Mm -hmm. With that. If they're trying to rebuild the tag team division, uh, into, and, and they have a lot of really good tag teams, TMDK, War Dogs, who Dunstan thinks should be in this match, uh, hicoleo Fantasmo, all that, uh, and, and others besides that. The, Perhaps the best way to rebuild it is to create a super team. And Bishamon winning World Tag League three years in a row and coming through winning both titles at one point over the course of the already, they've already won both of these titles before. And then you know, winning again here, it could just be like they're creating this Mount Everest in the tag team division. So that when someone does defeat them, it, you know, sets up that team for, to, instead of being a hot potato title, like, Oh, this is a big deal. They beat Bishamon. Nobody beats Bichamon. You know, that that's creating a super team. That would be the argument, I think for having them retain. Also I think how confident they feel about keeping El Fantasmo it will also come into play in the booking in this one too. So, uh, but uh, I, If I'm good, either way, both of these, I enjoy watching both of these teams and uh, I'm just hoping for a good match. I probably think it'll go 15, 20 and uh, should be exciting because they seem to have plans to, you know, they've, they've had the three, they've had the block match. They had the finals match and they have this one. And I think each one's going to try to build on the others uh, somehow. And these four guys are capable of doing it. Absolutely. So
2: given name value of the guys in here and familiarity to the greater wrestling audience, and you look at this entire card, right? I would argue that this match is in the position of being most likely to exceed expectations from people watching it. When, they, when they're when they watching it based off of what they know of the wrestlers and what they see and what, what this match ends up being, I think people are going to be talking about this and being very surprised with how much they like this match. That's just my... Kind of prediction with the talent level in this and what people know about the talent level in, in, on this match.
3: I think this, I mean, one last thing. I think, I think keep an eye on Hikaleo in this match. I think this match is going to be built towards him having a super
2: moment. mega thunder kick off the top rope. I mean, I'm here for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, God, God,
2: his, his knees. I told him straight to his face, his knees. I, I cringed when he hit those knees.
1: Up. He said he was okay. He was amazing.
2: That one. Ooh, well, this this is the match I'm I'm most excited for on the card, flat out. Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado.
1: Yeah, I, this is uh, the shut up and take my money match here. Uh, it's 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 another one that can go either way because you can make the uh, case for Horomu keeping the title to set up the anniversary show of Hiromu versus Naito uh, at some point. You can do that. You can also continue this story of Desperado fighting to get to that one last hurdle to get on Hiromu's level. And, you know, I, have always kind of called this, I said it yesterday that Desperado is the Eddie Guerrero, black tiger to Hiromu's Liger. He's the dynamite kid to, to Hiromu's tiger mask. You know, it's, these two are the generational rivals. The one thing we haven't really seen is that big win on the big show for Desperado over Hiromu in that sense. Uh, You know, he's, he, but had his mask ripped and he threw it away, you know, in order to, but he came up short against Hiromo. He's just oh, uh, the last hurdle to climb over. It could be here. Uh, but if Hiromu keeps the belt and they make it a, a, a uh, just a row of belts for the roll call, that's another story to sure. tell too.
3: That is another story to tell. I mean, I, I have to um, counterpoint you though, that okay. the IWGP junior heavyweight championship has changed hands in 10 of 11 uh matches at the tokyo dome over the last uh god back to 2014 and the only time it was retained was despi over hiromu in 2022 so but it didn't feel to your point though that didn't feel like a moment right because it was a retention it's not a win of of a of a title um so with that said like i think your point still stands because i don't feel like that was really built up the way it could have been, but also like, I don't know. I don't really know that this match has either. I think um, I honestly think these guys should have left this rivalry behind for a couple of years after that um, best of super juniors final with the, with the ripped mask. It was just such a tremendous match. Um, And they've now gone back to it a couple of times. And I think that they're, they're hunting for that. um, They're, they're trying to catch that lightning in that same bottle and I think I hope that they change the bottle or change the lightning, because I I think we need something more than than just some history between these guys to bring that fire and passion again. And, um, you know, I think the interesting the most interesting thing to me about this match is going to be what does Master Water do on the outside? Because oh, no, okay. I, I assume he's going to second Desperado.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting thought. I man. I mean, he might have something to do with it. We'll find out.
3: So,
2: more.
1: Well, this one now. I have talked myself in so sort of, This is the IWGP US UK Heavyweight Championship match. It's going to be the global title. No one understands but anyway. They're making a new title, a global title, out of this one. Will Ospreay, John Moxley, David Finlay. Like I said, I have talked myself in circles. You can make an interesting case for any of these three guys winning this match, and uh, it's a uh, I can't decide. I'm still I'm probably going to go into January 4th without a real firm prediction here on this one, because uh, any one of them could walk out with this belt and have an interesting story to tell. You know, Moxley was never supposed to lose the U.S. title. That happened because of a, a typhoon. Uh, David Finlay, you always expect the leader of Bullet Club to be in a prominent position. Yes, we know that Osprey's leaving for AEW, but it doesn't necessarily mean he has to drop it here because there might be another chapter to that story. So uh Chris, what's your read on this? Because it seems like every time I look at this, I come up with a different reason
3: to change my prediction. Um, I guess if I'm a betting man, and I am, um <laughs> I'm betting I'm betting Will Ospreay because okay. because I just think the I, Moxley. I love him. I just don't think he's. I I don't see a path for that title with him. Mm-hmm. Finley is the obvious choice. Um, he's the New Japan guy. He's the guy that's sticking it out. He's the leader of the Bullet Club. You name it, right? He checks a lot of boxes. I but I think Osprey. I I think that's the surprising pick because everyone knows he's on his way out. Right. But I think Osprey's got a passion for new Japan, a passion for his time with new Japan. And he wants to set new Japan up for success in the future. And with that, he's got, he's already got a challenge out to Okada for battle in the Valley, which is very unusual, Uh, very unusual for there to be some sort of challenge for the next thing. When you've got, you know, someone in a featured match on a big show. So Osprey wants to, I, my perception is that Osprey wants two things out of that. he wants, People to see him beat Okada because, you know, um his clean win over Okada in the G one was in the middle of the G one. It wasn't in, really in a featured spot. He'll they'll, that'll be the main event, no matter if there's a title on the line or not. Right. And I think that get that sets up potentially a double surprise, right? Because I think Osprey winning this match is surprise number one. Um, because people people have already written it off because they think he's not going to be around. He's probably gonna be around through February. Yeah. You know, he'll he'll debut with AEW probably at Revolution, which gives you two two months, 60 days to work something out with Osprey. Yeah. Um and it sets up a situation where this title looks big, right? I mean, will Osprey um you know, the US title had had a ceiling on it. And this global heavyweight championship doesn't have to have that ceiling. This global heavyweight championship could be this generation's intercontinental championship from the at the beginning of the intercontinental where it's really that, you know, that one B title, yeah. the Nakamura um, title, the Nakamura yeah, intercontinental title, exactly yeah, yeah. like that era of the intercontinental title. And you know, if you get someone like Kazuchika Okada to challenge for a single title that isn't the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, that's a big deal, whether he wins or not. And especially if he wins, but also I think it does set up another situation where everyone's like, "Well, Osprey's definitely going to lose it in ba- at Battle mm-hmm. in the Valley," and then you you pull another you know swerve out and he wins again and i think then you then you set up whatever is going to be to get the title off of him to to move on and you know maybe that's showed him you know, there's a dozen options maybe you go back to david finley and you get the singles match um yeah. so i think there's a lot of options here yeah. um many of which are very surprising i I, mm-hmm. I guess like i said if i'm betting i've talked myself into thinking will osprey's winning this because People think he won't. It's kind of like when John Moxley mm-hmm. won the US championship when they when people didn't think he was gonna win it two nights in a row at at the the double tome. Um yeah. they thought like, oh, he'll win one, so he has a second match, so he's on the second card, and then he's gonna lose it, and then he just won again. So I think we're gonna maybe do that again. Hmm. That's so so I think two yeah.
1: things are true
2: on in this match. One it was weird that Will Ospreay and John Mockley met again after they had a match in Chicago for a singles match a year and a half ago, and them teasing that for Wrestle Kingdom seemed decidedly unusual. So, them mm-hmm. adding David Finley made a lot of sense after the fact. So, why is David Finley in this match? Because people, because New Japan wants David Finley to be seen in a high profile match. But in order to further legitimize David Finley in New Japan, this isn't the title that he needs to win. He needs to win the IWGP title in some way, shape, or form. Uh, otherwise, it is only going to be half measures, and he will not be seen as a, a top threat in the promotion.
3: But he can strong in this match. Or he could win this match after Okada challenged for it. He could. Right, but like I think, I think... It's gonna this, happen. Sorry, this title.
2: Yeah, here's what I think is going to happen. I think David Finley is going to have this match won against Moxley, and Will Ospreay steals the win. So that optically, it looks that Finley could have won Mm, and should mm -hmm. have won, but Will Ospreay still retains the championship, and in which you serve many, many masters, in which the time comes that Finley challenges after the Cup, at Dominion, post whatever it's going to be, he is considered viable because he almost beat both John Mockley Will Ospreay and it was
3: stolen from him. Sure. I like very, that that's very bullet club. Yeah, that's very
1: bullet club. And the other the other side of this too is I think Finlay is my early odds on favorite for New Japan Cup.
3: Okay.
2: Could be yeah. Yeah. Sure. I be think by dominion he is in the IWGP heavyweight title picture. I mean they gotta get
3: him they gotta elevate him if they're gonna keep him in the role. Yeah. So yeah, I, Start I the clock
2: when he lost, when he lost, the never open weight title. I was literally like start the clock. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Now
1: well, there you go. It's a testament here that it's, that there's so, it's so wide open. It's interesting either way. And then we've already talked a lot about this one, the Kazuchika Okada and Brian Danielson, the special singles match. I think all of us are just hoping that we get the match they wanted to have in the first yep. place. And that with all the false finishes, the big moves, the timing, you know, that that's what these guys do best. The dramatic, uh, the timing, and of course all that went away when uh, Danielson got hurt and panicked a little bit, so hopefully here we will get the match that they intended to have at Forbidden Door.
3: I mean, Danielson's on fire right now, too. I mean, anyone yeah. who watched the the C2 knows that. And, you know, I just, I think his head's in it um i think he's motivated i think it'll be cool to see him walk out for a singles match in the tokyo dome i mean he hasn't oh, yeah. he he hasn't wrestled in japan for well he hasn't wrestled for new japan in japan since 2004 when he was still american dragon that's wild. so and and he did have a couple of undercard matches in the tokyo dome so this is not danielson's first you know first time in so hopefully the butterflies aren't there not that he's a butterfly kind of guy um but yeah i mean I hope this match feels the same. I hope I feel at the end of this match the way I felt at the end of Omega and Osprey last year, which is yeah. like yeah. I love pro wrestling. Like that's I want to just have that feeling. Yeah. And and you know what? If I I've, I I'm pretty sure I'm going to have it. Um and I I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the question that either of these guys can win, but I do think that the it does feel very much like a Kazuchika Okada victory after tapping yeah. out you know, and all that. And, and we've kind of discussed that already, but Um. Yeah. I mean, my hope for this match is just that I can sit back and relax with hopefully a cold pizza by that time because it'll be five (laughs) hours after I had the pizza delivered. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know I'll I'll get my second wind as we head into the back hat or the really the 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 top of this card. You know, I I think the last two matches together will probably probably be the last hour and a half to two hours of the card. I think they're going to get all the time they need to tell the story they want to tell and even that's better than an, a, a frantic aew pay-per-view where you got to get it in and you know whatever 25 or 26 minutes i think they could go 40 and i don't know that anyone would feel it it'll yeah. <laughs> be a lot this, of fun this now, match
2: right? does not have to do a whole lot of work to exceed the forbidden door match and i hope that at least does that because oh. this should be very 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 underlined very special
1: yes yeah, and you know it's a big deal for Brian Danielson, too. This is a bucket list item for him, is to to do this uh, match in this uh, situation. And uh, he does this one on January 4th. If he makes it to Arena Mexico in 2024, oh. Danielson's going to be the, the happiest guy in the entire business right
2: there. Give man. him
3: Mystico. Let's go. Oh, let's do that. Absolutely, let's do that. Yes.
2: Last one. We've done it. We have done it. The main event of the 2024 Wrestle Kingdom 18. Kanata, the IWGP champion, versus the G1 winner and challenger, Tetsuya Naito.
1: Chris, they have booked this thing to the point that if we do not get the Naito victory and the roll call, I don't see a path to that crowd leaving the dome happy and satisfied. I oh, just, no. and so it has to happen, right? They've got to do, they can't just upset it would be such a flat ending for literally anything else. It
3: feels so obvious. I mean it feels like that it gives you the time. willies almost. It's well, so obvious. It
1: gives you the willies.
3: That's so the the Nito fans in my life, and I I Nito's fine, right? Nito's yeah. he's not my favorite wrestler. I didn't, I didn't kind of come up with the Naito thing in my, in my heart. And, and so be it. Like that's life. I, I love him. I think he's great. I think he, I, plays I'm a, with
2: you Chris. a I, really I know
3: key say. role, but I totally get that. He's a guy that a lot of people have attached themselves to yeah. and, um,
2: attend the church of Naito, plant the flag of Naito, say what you will. Yeah. There are people that are just in that camp.
3: And to even like, I think that the build to this match It feels so obvious that he's going to be the winner that it's this false sense of security that people who love Naito don't want to you know they don't want to admit exists. (laughs) So, I mean, my thing is there's nowhere for Sonata to go after this. He's his reign has been lackluster at best. The people that he's defended the title against have not been the top level stars of any promotion. There he has been a fine um keep the title warm challenger and he looks tremendous on a poster i mean look at this man yes. like he has the look and this isn't even the best picture right like there's a couple of pictures going around that i'm like is that an oki um and but on that naito's the anti-hero and sonata looks like the hero right so this poster mm-hmm. is perfect mm-hmm. um but i don't see a path forward my the real question is, do they actually give the roll call? Um, Cause I mean, there's, you can, you can play with a lot of emotions as this whole thing goes on. And, you know, I, to me, the the most interesting thing is what does happen after the, after the match is over after Naito does the roll call, who's the challenger. And that I've said that almost every Wrestle Kingdom, you know, yeah. last year I said the same thing because we knew Jay White was essentially on his way out. So you know, the question to me is always, do you do we even get the next challenger yet? Or is that the next story that gets told somewhere else? Yeah, you, can um, always, you can do that at Dash or something. Exactly. like Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting
1: thought because it, they have set it up so much that this roll call needs to happen, that if it doesn't, it's just going to land so flat. So my prediction is we are going to get it. Here's the little twist in it, though. I think someone's going to come out and attempt to break it up. Oh, OK and fail like you know like like that could be the thing that either evil or ren or someone like that does or oh yeah run in but the rest of lij is there and doing oh hell no you know and and fighting them off throw them over the top rope and then you know nido picks up the microphone again and goes through it that's just
3: evil uh, is perfect for that role yeah
1: yeah Yeah, because he's not part he would be the guy that would have been
3: part of it but you know and he's you know he's kind of you know boris and Natasha you know, from Rocky and Bowling.
2: Twirling villain. Yeah, exactly.
3: So he's that guy that you throw over the top rope. Everyone thinks he's the next challenger. And then he's just kind of off into the, off into the ether. And then somebody else. Away with you.
2: Villain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: That'd be, that'd be fun. I'd, I'd have a good time with that. My fear is that they would then go with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's Yeah. You do worry about that. But I, I I think that is a
1: possibility because I I do think that like that one title defense, they're going to want the entire crowd no split at all just naito is our hero and he's the champion and uh you know we get the baby face heel dynamic but sure there, you know a lot of good options like i said up and down this car there are a lot of great wrestlers in new japan so they have they have choices and two of them are within lij so i i do like the idea of perhaps you know the junior heavyweight champion standing next to the never open weight champion uh the idea that both of those guys could end up getting title shots or, you know, or matches matches with, I guess the anniversary show isn't necessarily yeah. a title match, but matches with Naito uh, as almost a, a victory tour for LIJ. That's not a bad way to go either. Sure.
2: Chris, five and a half hours, main card over under, what do you got? Uh,
3: main card under. Okay. Yeah. I'm
2: going to go under two. Yeah. Just under, under five and a half hours.
3: I would, I, I would bet main card. You're looking closer to four and a half. Okay. Yeah, I would set the over under at four and a half.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Just uh, just as somebody that's, uh, that's going to be up in the middle of the night. So. That'd so ten
2: yes. thirty Pacific, uh, twelve thirty Central, a. M. Yep. your time, mm-hmm. and then main card starts an hour and a half later. Is that an, an hour later? An, an hour, hour later. later. So at eleven yep. thirty Pacific. Yeah, and then one thirty Central. Okay.
3: Yeah. USVA guy,
1: by the way, he says, "What if Sonata either stops the roll call or stops evil from breaking up the roll call?" Oh,
3: Sonata no doesn't really. have that energy no. now. Why? No. Have have <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. No. I think
1: that I think that we can just call this thing with Sonata uh, to be honest a failure.
3: Sonata's gonna, gonna moonwalk good. back to the upper mid card, and he's gonna yeah. have a great time in it. And you know, he'll he'll get into that global, you know, whatever. He'll 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 play around for a bit.
1: I mean, all I'm not right, trying so- to be insulting to Sonata. Just like, was, was he underrated? <laughs> was he overrated? I think we found out he was rated.
3: Yeah, he was. Upper mid-card. He was, uh, um, mid card. He was overwhelmed. Some people were underwhelmed. All of the opinions mouth. about Sonata have ended up being correct. <laughs> <laughs> every yeah. single one of them.
1: <laughs> we were all right. Go figure. All right. All
2: right so uh, this is the second part of our two-part Wrestle Kingdom preview. Chris Samsa, I want to thank you again for uh, giving us two and a half hours of your time.
1: Uh, I really appreciate it,
2: Chris. Covering what was 2023 in New Japan. If you want, please go back into the archive. Check out our preview with Scott Edwards yesterday, in which we covered all of Wrestle Kingdom week leading into Wrestle Kingdom. We just did not have enough time to cover Noah and all the things that would be adjacent for Chris to talk about. But Chris, thank you for your time. Plus, anything that you want to throw out there? Sport of Pro Wrestling, what what you got?
3: sport of pro wrestling will house my uh my full uh wrestle kingdom preview document which is currently sitting at 20 pages so um oh. get stoked um uh, and i haven't even touched the tag team matches uh, or bullet pointed <laughs> notes so we're looking at we're looking at a fat one but i'm trying to get my boy walker something to read on the plane so i'm hmm. trying to get it done quick um but yeah so i'm uh, that, that you'll find that at sport of but honestly right now the best place to find me you know, unfortunately, is the the cesspool that is Twitter. Um, yeah, I am Twitter at, at are you on Blue Sky or Threads I, I, or anything? I mean, I exist on all of those places, but I am trying po- so I hard. To use I have not posted. Ad- I have not posted anywhere, and honestly, my reach is really strong on Twitter right now for whatever yeah. reason. Like people are seeing the they're seeing the work, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. Uh, stoking that, flame. that yeah not right actual. i mean i i see the i see the impressions go up and the followers are, are steady and that's you know whatever it it, it all is what it is but that's the best place to find me i'm kind of everywhere this week if you're paying attention to the new japan world um i'm trying to dip my toe in everywhere and try to kind of you know, catch back up with some old friends like you guys and, and meet some new people. Um, Thank so you for if,
2: making time for us. Yeah.
3: Though. Oh, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me. And I'm, I'm actually off to talk with your pal, Scott Edwards, here in probably about five minutes. So well, I, we'll get 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 just, we'll get I get to I get to keep on and... keeping on. That's great. You
2: no, on. It, Steven, take us home.
3: No, it's always a lot of fun, Chris. We, we're genuinely
1: thankful. And uh, we're looking forward to the next time you're on around either G1 or Wrestle Kingdom time. We'll do it all again. We will do it again soon, guys. Thank you. Pretty all good. right. So for Chris Samsa, Jeremy Feinstone, I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you so much. We will be back on Wrestle Kingdom Day. Uh, just our usual time slot. And uh, Stephen Conway's birthday. Yes, yes. Uh, I get my bag of kettle chips. I'm so excited. Uh, almost as great as the show. But uh, for that day, we will be on a regular time and we will, of course, be running down the biggest event of the year, Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, so thank you all for joining us, watching and listening, whether you're on the podcast or here. We thank you very much for your time. So. For speaking of strong style, see you later. We will talk to you again very
0: soon. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at BETMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code ODLINE150. Then